you getting yourself ready for our show? Guys, Bobby Roast Beef here with Jigs and Bigs. I got Sean the Fisherman in the house. I got who the fuck is Joe Brown with us. This week, you guys are in for something very, very unique. We have some stuff to talk about regarding the 200th episode that's coming up in January. Uh, we've also got a little bit of fishing to discuss that uh, I was able to get out and do. Uh, but the big deal this week, I don't know if you've been paying attention, to especially YouTube, but a lot of social media, you've probably seen folks sharing a video from uh, Ben Milliken, Milliken Fishing on YouTube. Um, he goes on uh, a little bit of a rant and kind of uh, pulls the curtain off of some of the real issues that people should be bitching about in the offseason right now and how uh, pro anglers have kind of been bitching about the wrong shit. Um, it's an interesting sort of video. We're going to do a full-on live react here. We've expanded our live audience. We have all of our jig heads in the house. They are watching this on an exclusive YouTube feed, but we've opened it up to our Facebook following as well. So you're going to get some new names that are going to be brought up in here. This is really exciting, guys. We have an awesome show lined up for you. We're going to talk about cold weather layering and materials specifically you need to be looking at uh, in our Just the Tip series. We have an, an, ama an unbelievable degenerate that is, uh, in our FTG segment that you're not going to believe. I thought we were over with this shit, but apparently we're not. You're not going to want to miss this, guys. we got so much good stuff coming up for you in Jigs and Bigs this episode. Get yourself something delicious to enjoy because we got a great show lined up. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be right back after this. Welcome, everybody, Jigs and Bigs. we got a great show lined up for you, a whole lot of fun to be had. Uh, I am Bobby Roast Beef. I've got Who the Fuck is Joe Brown and then Sean the Fisherman. If you're looking at your screen on either Facebook or you're looking on uh, YouTube, you can see in that order. That's where we are. Hi. Hello, world. Um, but we have an amazing uh, kind of uh, an odd week, um, a really short week and um, a celebratory week. Uh, for a lot of folks, let's go ahead and dive right in here, guys. What we've got first off, actually, before I dive in at all, I want to give shout outs to the folks that are in nice and early checking out this show. We got Vidal out in Texas. He's one of our jig heads. We've also got Metal Jones, a.k.a. Zach from Dark Horse Tackle. He is uh, one of our jig heads as well. We've got the entire Hooks at Hoodlums crew uh, apparently all grouped around each other at the uh, local uh, uh, themed motel, the Notel Motel. They're all watching there. Uh, we've also got got Chris and Christina Abe Lure in the house, Alec Plotnikevich, a former guest of ours and a local absolute hammer. Um, he's in. He's watching via Facebook. We've got Adam Blomicky, uh, my, my, my passenger princess for the Columbus Fishing Expo. That's coming up later. Uh, who else has been chiming in here? Yeah, that, that about rounds it up for, for who we've got right now. Folks, if you're just joining us, feel free to say hello, say hi. We'd love to give shout outs on the show. Guys, how was your week this week? And, and furthermore, how was your Thanksgiving? How was your collective Thanksgiving experience? Filling. Yeah. Very filling. <laughs> so what I'm understanding here is you got filled multiple times. Oh, yeah. Mul filled sometimes multiple by times. myself, sometimes with others. 
<laughs> just that just that normal Thanksgiving bullshit. I hear you. Nothing. Yeah. I love it. When I you gotta it. pretend you when you gotta pretend go pretend you like your family and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, I had an amazing Thanksgiving. It was a lot of fun. I I, I am one of these. Maybe I'm maybe I'm in the minority here. Um, I really enjoy those smaller holidays that kind of popped up post pandemic. Like, I really do like getting together with my immediate family and my wife and kids and, you know, my sister's kids and everybody just kind of coming together. And it's a smaller group. Nobody's got to go absolutely bananas making food for an army. You know, it just it works out so, so well. I thought it was fantastic. Um, any dishes that uh, were a, a standalone for you that you thought were like a highlight? I have a feeling I know what Sean's <laughs> choice is. So. So my dad, uh, so I went over my dad. I actually, I love hanging out with my dad and his girlfriend. We went yep. over there, um, but he was deep. He had one of the deep fryers. He's deep fried a turkey. Oh yeah. That and wasn't his picture we saw fucking- with the cardboard on the kitchen floor and he was doing it inside. That wasn't him, was it? So, so the whole fucking time I had my oh, no. phone out, like ready for video oh, yeah. mode, just you in case to. he really fucked this up. Cause there was no way it wasn't going to hit TikTok, Instagram, oh, Facebook, hell no. but, uh, no, nah, he, it, he killed it. He nailed it. That's awesome. The turkey was awesome. I couldn't, I was, you know, part of me was bummed that, you know, he wasn't about to go viral, but no, he did. He did a good job. I'll tell you, man, that deep fried turkey is nuts. It is. It is. I think it is the way to do it. If you're not going to do it that way, spatchcock that motherfucker. And, you know, you get it done in a fraction of the time and it's perfect. You know, those yeah, are, I would it, say, top two. That's the way. If you can't deep fry it, spatchcock it. My, uh, I think it was my brother-in-law a couple years ago uh, smoked a turkey. And that was, oh, that was pretty phenomenal. That's that, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, true. he did that. Uh, that didn't suck. It was, it was pretty good. I did a little smoking myself this uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Um, popped into some London pound cake, which was really, really uh, wonderful and annihilating. Um, and, uh, we got a little comment here from, uh, Zach at uh, dark horse tackle. He says the real holiday we need to celebrate is the winter solstice. The day when every day after truly brings the fishing season that much closer. Amen, brother. Let's get a little more sunlight. Can we just, just a smidgen, just a dash, just a pinch more sunlight. Can we do that now? Sean, am I correct in my assumption? And it is an assumption that. Your crockpot mac and cheese was the highlight of your Thanksgiving? For me, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love making that that it's dish. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I love it. Um, what did I use for a mix this time? I think I used a Monterey Jack, a sharp, and then I used a pizza cheese mixture. All the Cabot brand stuff. Oh, love dude. My ca- love my Cabot cheese. Love that Vermont cheese, baby. Hit that hard. And then as you were just alluding to, we did, in fact, spatchcock our turkey. This is our second year doing it. It's a great way. And uh, we kept it quiet this year. Uh, again, I actually, man, I think since the pandemic, we have had quiet Thanksgivings. Yep. As as we host, my wife and I host um, Christmas, and I have a large family, we take Thanksgiving now, and it is a nice, quiet. Yeah, that's a good way to know, do it. D- breath before the plunge, you know what I mean? So... It was nice. That's kind of that's kind of awesome. Alec chimes in. He goes, he did two smoked turkey breasts on the Traeger this weekend, and it was the hit during both get-togethers. 
you're not fooling around. I was just talking to my buddy Paul. We had fished this past weekend, and uh, I had told him, I was like, man, I still got a big uh, rainbow in my freezer. I was like, say the word, man. I'll come over. We'll smoke that son of a bitch, and we'll see what happens. He's like, dude, I'm probably not using my smoker for the rest of the year. He's like, I will. it'll be a little while. And uh, and then he told me he was he was considering a Traeger. He's like, I'm just thinking this way it'll allow me to kind of not have to babysit it and be so nearby, you know, in order to watch everything. He's like, it's just, it's, it, it's a lot. He's a big brisket guy too. Like he likes to go out and do his thing. Although I'll tell you what, for those like electric smokers, um, Ninja actually makes one that looks freaking awesome. And I say that for camping primarily because it's small, it's really compact and there's some cool shit you can do with it. So that's, that's pretty slick. Um, my Thanksgiving was out of this world. I had a great time. Uh, it was really, really nice hanging out with my family. We, uh, we, we made use of some of the very generous, generous offerings from, uh, Chris and Christina Mellowship. Uh, remember last week and last week's episode, I mentioned they left me with like basically a case of wine, <laughs> like random varieties of wine. And there were two. There was a Frontenac that Holly had had chosen. She's like, I like that style. And we split that bottle, and it was amazing. Actually, I left her about the lower third because I opened up the other one. I was just interested in trying it. And this was an interesting one. I actually it made it its way onto my Instagram because I was that amazed with it. It's just a simple, like, everyday table wine, but it's called Musky Red. And uh, it was out of this world, a little bit sweeter than the uh, Frontenac was. The Frontenac is a little bit drier, and uh, but it was it was a great great pairing to go with really almost anything. Um, my wife made these little tiny. Uh, let me ask you guys this, actually, and uh, everybody who's in here watching the show, is it pecan or pecan? Because my wife made these little pecan pies, these tiny little like little phyllo dough cups with pecan pie filling, and they were out of this world. I think my daughter had uh, taken them home uh, for herself and uh, polished them off. Uh, my oldest, and she's a big, big fan. So I don't I'm care curious. how you say it. Yep. I don't care how you say it. Keep it away from you. They're fucking gross either way. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, God, I hate them. What, hate is, them. It, what is it you hate? hate? Them. Do, you, do you hate the nuts or do you hate the, like, <sighs> ridiculously sweet? I know, I know, I know everyone's going to joke. You'd be like, oh, nuts, blah, blah, blah. I just, I'm just not a big nut fan. Oh, Any he's nuts. not a big nut Any fan. <laughs> not a big nut fan. Um, I, I think the... The more nuts, the better. And that was what was that was that was what made these so good. It wasn't like this filling of like crazy like corn syrup and sugar and just like this thick, sticky mess. Like it was more about showcasing the pecan or the pecan. Um, you know, and that was that was a hit for me. Who do we have chiming in here? Adam Blomke says, uh, I did Thanksgiving for the wife and me today, smoked some turkey breast and made all the sides, just missed some pie for dessert. And uh Tanya English chimes in and says, hello. How you doing, Tanya? Nice to nice to have you checking out the show. Um, that's my sister. Oh, that's your sister. Oh, <laughs> why do I feel like the comment feed is going to be in the toilet? And a lot Hopefully of, a lot of cringe. A lot of cringe going yeah. on. Um, so that's my sister who lives in the upper tier of Michigan who lives next to a shit ton of amazing small oh, yeah. off lakes. Upper Peninsula? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's fucking amazing, man. That's awesome. Um, he says, Adam goes, kick him off the show. Pecans are great, and Joe absolutely loves nuts. Um, 
Fair enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe it's just the mustache that's tipping you off. I don't know. Um, but I do want to talk about some crazy shit. So uh, coming up later this segment, I mentioned in the intro, uh, the boys over at Dark Horse Tackle actually were the first ones that had sent this link over to me. But many of you had reached out with this video that uh, Ben Milliken had put out. Uh, just this weekend, kind of having a conversation about like, you've got all of these pro anglers that are bitching about a bunch of different stuff, but here's something that people should really be getting upset about. And, uh, it was an interesting video. So I shared it with you guys and, you know, full disclosure here, we've all watched this video already, but we're going to play it back so that our listeners, uh, can get not only some of the details specifically right from Ben, that we're just going to play the audio, but we're going to be reacting to it in real time and uh the way this is going to work guys uh when we go through this uh joe and sean if you want me to stop at any point raise your hand in fact i'm going to change the view to this so that i can see you guys raise your hand and i'll pause that audio um and that's that's how how we're gonna we're gonna let it rip right there we're just gonna have some fun with it and see what we can come up with i'm actually gonna go ahead and minimize this screen just a bit so it's in the shit right now you can spot. see the whole view that i usually hide from everybody i know i know <laughs> <laughs> At least the you know all this asbestos and stuff. I mean that that's embarrassing, man. I should really do. That's something That's not a about garage this. door. I'm in I'm in my awesome home office. <laughs> don't don't mind that. Oh my goodness. Uh, Gravy fishing goes. Leave the '70s porn star alone. He just likes the salty nuts. Fair, fair. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I um, only I only still have this thing because I promised the wife who hates it that I was going to Mexico with it. Did. Did she really hate it? I mean, I feel like if she really hated it, you'd wake up one morning and it would be gone. <laughs> I, 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 she I'm not loves giving her any ideas. I have a beard. She hates just the mustache. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. So not the UP, Tanya. Okay, staying to watch everything. Oh goodness, buckle up. It's gonna get crazy. I uh, <laughs> so so you guys didn't do any kind of fishing at all this this week. Um, it was like I said, a weird week. We had Thanksgiving going on. My work schedule was kind of short yet busy at the same time. Um, I'm working on some new stuff, so I've had my hands full quite a bit. I didn't get to get out this week until. Wow. Until I got to uh, Friday, I went out Friday and I had I had the itch to go uh, go to Browntown and I wanted to go up the shears. And, you know, I didn't think about this, but it, it's true. We live in a spot in Massachusetts where if you go up to the west, your temperatures are going to drop about five or six degrees generally all around like that's going to change based on elevation and where you are and everything. If you go to the to the east, it's a little bit of a different story. It warms up the further east that you go. You know that it, it gets pretty crazy. So I was expecting to see hard water and stuff, or or some skim ice anyway, uh, as I was making my way up the shears, and I did. No shock there. Um, usually on like really really shallow areas, but it was cold. Cold as what did I say? Cold as a witch's tit out that way, and it was it was freezing. Um, so I had uh, I had gone out, was all bundled up, ready to go, and uh, I hit this one spot where I'd had some luck before. Man, they were munching, and you know what they were munching? That Madmouth Bates uh, little Ned that we got in last month's Dark Horse Tackle, the cool one with the screw lock on it. I have been putting, and I'm actually going to show you guys right here because I happen to have one that was on the dash of my truck that had uh, torn it up at the top, but. Um, 
this little Kitech right here, 2.8 inch Kitech, they were just smashing this. And these brown trout that I was catching were I only I only got two of them uh, out of the water. They were beat the hell up. Like these fish had holes ripped in their jaws like they were trophy bass on like a trophy lake. They had been beaten the hell up. So I know exactly what happened. I was getting the hook in them, but it was probably just loose tissue and they were able to shake off. One was a huge brown right at my feet, right under me, just happened to shake off and take off. But it was nice. It was nice to get a little bit of fish slime on the hands and uh, release these trout back where they went. I then went to a local uh, supermarket and released uh, my own brown trout. Because that was, it was necessary, you know, it was kind of an emergency situation. Uh, called it a day kind of early, took my time driving back home through the shears, and it was, man, what a beautiful area. Um, got back and uh, just kind of rounded out my day there. I had trivia that night. Uh, Sean was there with uh, Madam the Fisherman, and uh, I think she played pretty well, man. I think she did just fine. She was psyched with her finish. I think she got fifth. Yeah. I'm right. Fifth. Yeah. yeah so she was happy with that. And that game was all over the place. Like it was absolutely bananas. Um, it was, we had a, I had a real good time with that. It was, uh, it was pretty good, but uh, it got cold that night. Really cold. It got down to about, I think 18 or 20 degrees. And I had plans to get out nice and early with uh, the one and only the Polish hammer, my buddy, Paul. We had gone out and a good friend of the show, Bill Galakis, ironically enough, had sent me, he had, I guess, had been just listening to last week's episode and heard me talking about fishing at Wachusett. And he sent me a message and he was like, dude, he's like, I, before I got my kayak, I used to fish Wachusett regularly. That was my spot. I would go because the bank fishing is, I mean, it's bank fishing exclusive. So like, if you're going to bank, if you're going to send it on the bank, that's the place. And it's about an hour away for me. So I put that time in. Like if I go and fish a Noda or something I'm or, or Stockbridge Bowl, it's the same deal, same distance. So I kind of utilize this before I'm ready to drop the, the kayak in the water and also after the season before things really, really wrap up and we've got ice everywhere. So I go and I send it out this way as much as I can. Well, uh, I took his advice. We hiked uh, quite a ways in, and uh, we fished for about two, two and a half hours. There was I was looking at my topo map, and there was specifically this one. I don't I don't want to go exactly, but there was one feature structure wise that I was sort of looking for. And I just wanted to sort of make sure that we hit it. And we did. We hit it hard. Not a single bite. Um, Sean, you were not wrong. Paul was throwing the whopper plopper. You name it. It was everything. I was amazed that that bite wasn't going on. We had slick, <laughs> calm water for most of the day. I, I think we had a few gusts of wind that probably couldn't have broken five or six miles an hour. It wasn't that crazy at all. And we had very few clouds, a lot of direct sunlight. So when we were hiking in, you know, we're all bundled up and, you know, everything. And I'll go over this in just the tip the way I was bundled up. But uh, it was it was getting warm. And I'm like, or as we're hiking again, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fat bastard. Of course, as I'm hiking with my tackle bag on my back and I'm holding my rods and I'm all bundled up with all this stuff, I start getting warm. So I'm taking layers off as we're going and I fished in my, in, in this hoodie right here, um, for the entire time that we were there and was completely, completely comfortable. It was pretty good. We fished another spot to try on, uh, where, where I've had actually really good ex experience in the past. Again, not a single bite, and I oddly not a single angler in this one area, and it's normally mobbed on this one spot. That's the only negative to this one other spot is it's generally just mobbed. There's so many people there. 
So we decided to call it, and the best thing that came out of that day, and if you're a follower of uh, Cheeks and Bigs on Instagram, you probably have already seen this on my story yesterday, but we went to a spot that that was an epic fail for uh, for myself the week prior. I had gone on a Sunday. I, I went to NOLA Cajun Kitchen, and uh, I, I, I had myself a, a fried crawfish basket with uh, their house-made slaw and their Cajun fries. And uh, had some boudin balls. Boudin. Have you guys ever had boudin? You know what that is? Boudin is a sausage that uh, you can find in Louisiana at a bunch of different places. But what's unique about it is it's actually made with cooked pork. So when it's constructed, like it's ready to go, like you're putting it together. So lots of times, instead of putting this in a uh, like a. a like a casein or anything like that, what they'll do is they'll take that sausage mix and roll it up into balls, put it in panko, and then deep fry it. And let me tell you, this has been every single time I've gone there, I've ordered these, and they're amazing every single time. Um, Paul had himself a uh, smoked brisket po' boy, which was pretty damn good. He enjoyed it quite a bit. And the bread that they use is just all-star. It's crazy. And then he had gator bites, and he raved about those. So it was Small Business Saturday, we realized. And if nothing else, we did support small businesses on Saturday. We also uh, were fishing some areas with some really rocky bottoms, and uh, we broke off quite a bunch of shit. So in a way, we're also extending Small Business Saturday because we're going to end up having to replace some terminal tackle and things like that. Like, I broke off my last wobblehead jig. Uh, I'm going to have to replace some of those. So reaction tackle, buckle up. I'm, Bobby's coming with the with the corporate card, and, and it's, it's game on. Um, it's just been crazy, crazy, crazy this uh, – this week, every single bite that I've gotten, I've been unbelievably thankful for. Landed the fish or not, if I've gotten a tap, I'm unbelievably thankful for. Fishing's tough right now in Western Mass. And if you're in Western Mass right now and you have an angler in your life, give him a hug. <laughs> Just give him a fucking hug. <laughs> we need it. It's tough. It's tough these days. We got Kimmy Marshall ju jumping in here, and I know that, that this is going to get an eye roll from Joe. Can we get a campaign to get Joe to shave that mustache? Kimmy, I, I hate to tell you the, the, bad, the, the bad news. Kimmy Marshall, he should grow it out more. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, team, I'm team stash. You know, I'm team stash. <laughs> I'm all for it. You know? Oh, <laughs> this is spiraling out of control so fast. <laughs> it really is. Alec says, uh, yeah, I could use a hug. I'm not kidding when I say that. Like, if you know an angler and, uh, you know, you're wondering about their well-being. It ain't good. It's not. We're not in a healthy place right now. Um, he looks like a creepy neighbor. He is. The that's my. That's neighbor. my other sister, by the way. Yeah, we should have like. We should have like so. banned all family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So that was it for me, fishing wise. Now I kind of want to shift gears and do a little conversating right now because I, I did. I had a conversation with Zach. At Dark Horse Tackle. And I want to mention, like, we're obviously going to be getting the, the gift guide out to everybody, but this video kind of popped up and sort of became the top priority right now. Like it's there's a lot of buzz. So we're gonna we're gonna get this this angler's gift guide out to you. But one thing I want to mention to everybody right now that if you're listening to the show or or you are the angler listening to the show, which is probably the situation more times than not. And you have someone significant in your life asking like, hey, what should I get you for a gift? What can I get you? And you're like, man, I really don't want to. Like, I took a gamble this week. My mom asked me what she should get me for Christmas. And I actually, I sent her a link for a BFS reel. 
And I was like, the, the most important thing is that it's left retrieve only, that it's left hand retrieve. And we'll see what happens. I just, I'm testing the waters. I just, you know what I mean? I want to see how it goes. But don't be like me. Don't gamble that way. Do yourself a favor. 50-50. It's 50-50. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so what I'm suggesting to you is this. If you know somebody in your life that's asking like, hey, man, I'd really like to get you something, you know, maybe something that you're really crazy about, you know, some fishing gears or anything you could use. Dudes, I'm telling you. The best thing you could send them to, and I know people think that gift cards are a bad move, but they're the best move. Get a Dark Horse Tackle gift card. Or if you want them, if they really want to go outside and like, you know, pick some stuff, have them build a box. Like just have them build a box. You know, maybe list a couple of things that you dig or something, but like whatever you get from there, trust me, you're gonna love it. Like you're you're gonna love it because they're testing these baits and they're of a superior quality. They really, really are. You're gonna love it. Even if somebody builds you a box and they have no clue, it's kind of all laid out the process for you. It's it's really, really smooth. Um, I would highly recommend you go ahead and do that. Go ahead and 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 tell your friends, hey, go to Dark Horse Tackle right now and get a gift card. Hard or build a box, you know, send them into the, in the direction that you think would best work out. Maybe make a game of it. They build your, 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 uh, dark horse tackle box, the BYOB, and then you get it and then do a little bit of a challenge and see if you can catch a fish on all those baits. Then it kind of is engaging for them and they feel like, okay, cool. Oh, you caught some fish on that, you know, finesse jig from Giltech, or you caught, you know, that jerk bait, uh, that jerk bait caught you, you know, a, a, an absolute tank or, you know, maybe you, you figured out how to use a Ned for the first time. Cause that's uh, people still have a, have a challenge, have a, have a hard time with that. They really do. It's kind of crazy. I can't believe what I'm looking at here right now in the uh, comments. Rodney, the one and only Rod, Rod and Rerod. Look at these goddamn clowns. You are not bullshitting, my friend. We are a handful of clowns. Rodney from Indiana. Dang, Rodney, we missed us. we missed missed you at Hoodlum Fest. I, I the one before that, him and I had quite a time back in our uh, our fire pit and a little hole in the wall bar. Well, missed you know, him. Missed him for that. You know, for the amount of miles that he traveled um, to fish at that first Hoodlum Fest and not catch a single fish, I think that oh, he probably would have yeah. wiped the floor with everybody because I just feel like the 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 mojo was there for him, and it was hellacious, Rodney. It was hellacious when we were there. What what did I say? Fifty four? Was it fifty four bites? Zero in the boat. F M L. That's all I can say. F M L. Oh. <laughs> That's it. It's good stuff. Um, so yeah, do ahead, do yourselves a favor. Dark horse tackle. That's the move. If you got somebody who's saying like, Oh, what should I do? You know what that's really good for? Actually, you know, some offices do with like a secret Santa, something like that. And somebody's like, what do I get them? Yeah. Dark horse tackle is a great way to go. Even if it's a gift card, then you build your own box. You try it out. Hey, then maybe you subscribe. It's all a process. It's all a cycle. One might say a virtuous cycle. That's exactly what we're about here at Jigs and Bigs. Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to just jump into this? This conversation, this 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 listening of uh, Milliken's video? How do you guys feel about this? Hit play. Let's let it fly. Right into, let's uh, dive right into the deep end. Let's... Uh, all right. Okay. I got a lot to say about it. Let's. Uh, this ought to be good. So, folks, uh, just as a reminder, we're going to go through this, and uh, we're going to be pausing the audio here and there to um, sort of get your uh, 
you know, f- give our feedback uh, live, you know, instantaneously. And what we want uh, from you guys is if you have any questions or comments about this, go ahead and leave them in the comments so that we can access them right here. And in segment number three, we're going to comb through a bunch of these and we're going to talk about your comments and, uh, and, and you know, try and d- have a discussion around your questions and comments that come in. So let's go ahead and do it, guys. Strap in Jigs and Bigs listeners. It's time for Bobby, Sean, and Joe to react to something that's been quite the buzz in the fishing media. It's J&B Reactions. Oh, it is J&B Reactions. It 100% is J&B Reactions. All right, here we go, guys. What is up, MFers? My goodness, crazy times right now in the bass fishing tournament industry. If you look around at all the buzz and chatter on all these videos out there, people trying to get famous, you will quickly see a whole lot of bitching and complaining about this organization doesn't doesn't pay out enough money and why are these sponsors not paying me thousands of dollars even though no one knows who I am at all and Ford Fisher Sonars are going to get banned it's the end of the sport it's the only reason people catch them oh it's going to get banned it's going to get banned and the problem is this is just all noise that doesn't really mean much you look around on the screen right now you're going to see a few companies that you're probably familiar with in the fishing industry that are a part of one of the biggest issues with the fishing industry that other pros are not able or not willing to talk about that is a very dirty little secret we're gonna go ahead and just expose in today's video. And the good thing is, as you guys know, I'm me, I'm not a corporate shill, I'm not bought and purchased by anyone, and I can say things that um, a lot of people either can't or they're too afraid to say because they would straight up get blackballed or dropped from sponsors like we've seen so much lately. Anyways, let's dive into this issue. So I want to chime in right here. I First off, like I'm, I'm a big fan of everything that Milliken does. I think his content is great. I think I love yeah. the way he's kind of flipping the bird to the w- typical method of coming up in uh, the pro bass fishing sort of world. I think it's great, but I do want to say this. Go into this knowing that this guy is is an amazing angler, but he's also a part owner of Sixth Sense. So keep in mind yeah. where this is coming from. Like, he's not a corporate shill. That's because Sixth Sense is O&O, from my understanding. They are owned and operated as a their own entity. They don't have shareholders yep. and everything like that, from, from my knowledge anyway. So that's where some of this is coming from. So yes, he can absolutely say whatever he wants. Anybody else got anything to chime in there with? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. A little disclaimer here for you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys stay plugged into this kind of shit. And you I have don't. never once. I have never once in my life seen anything Milliken has done. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on YouTube ever. Yeah. Um, the most I do for YouTube is if I'm looking for a fix or something of of something. You know, YouTube University, as yes. we say. But I have. Yep. I have never seen this man. Never heard this man until last night when you said, "Hey, check this out. Listen to this. Let me know what you think." Um. I think that should speak volumes because I gave you a call after I did listen to this, and we, yep. you know, you're going to hear we some had a of, short uh, conversation Brooks. about that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, 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 and I think that's going to make this an interesting sort of um, bit of 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 uh, information. Having that perspective, you know, um, yep. J- Joe. What about you? You want to chime in before we carry on? No, I think the one. So the one thing you have to you have to keep in mind here as well. Yep. is I love his I don't give a fuck attitude oh, yeah, because don't forget, guess where he's fishing next year? 
He's fishing the Elite Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. So 99.9999% of anglers who are fishing the Elite Series are looking for sponsors. Yep. And he just doesn't give a shit. He's just telling telling it how he sees it, how it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I, I dig that. I respect it. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. All right. You guys can comment down below if you agree or disagree with me, but I'm going to tell you some things that I know you have not heard or really thought about that um, is a pretty sad part of this industry. All right, we're going to put up a damn visual aid here at this shitty little Airbnb. Why is it shitty? Perfect. So I threw a poll up on Instagram this morning asking you guys, the fans, what you thought the biggest issue was with professional tournament bass fishing right now. And I got a lot of answers. A lot of really good answers, actually. A lot of funny ones, too. Of course, there's a lot of comments saying, you know, people bitching about live scope. We got issues with rules and cheating. It's boring to watch live sometimes. But the main thing that I'm hearing over and over and over and one reason or another. What do we got, Sean? All right, let's pause right there. What three things just got brushed over? (sighs) Cheating. Uh, Yeah. Cost. Okay. Like, those are huge. Those are why, why would someone put any money into something that isn't a fair contest? Number one. Yeah. Right. And then cost like that's brushed over. That Mm -hmm. is a huge thing. Like, especially in the kayak land, when people, you can see people get turned off when they get to the ramp and they see that their kayak that they've, they can fish, they've caught big fish but they're automatically up against someone who is the starting point is $15,000. Sure. That's without any of the entry fees. Yep. You can see people leave. So here's a, here's a way. Why are payouts down? Fewer anglers. Why fewer anglers? Because you need a bigger investment. Like that's a pretty big thing. And then cheating. God, we could go on forever about that. Or even just, just not even cheating, just not a level playing field in a contest. Yeah. You might say that it's the uh, the addiction to gambling that keeps them going. I, you you know, might. Is it the, I might. Is it the is it the addiction to gambling? Is it the I want to stroke my ego and say I'm the fucking best? It's probably a I little mean, bit of both. All right. Dan Griffin's jumping in here. Live scope is not cheating. I've noticed that is a tease most of the time. Live scope is not cheating. I don't feel it is. But is it, you know... Is an angler with live scope? Yep. Seeing things that an angler without, you know, w- that's using a paddle kayak with a tiny, you know, traditional yep. sonar unit, are they seeing different things? Is is that an advantage? Is it not? You're going to get more information. You could definitely yeah. fish better. You know, are you are you able to fish hundred foot, you know, hundred foot of water now and and drop drop shots down to forty feet of the water because you're seeing bass schooled up chasing some sort of bait fish? Sure. Where because you've got, you know, a, a, a spot lock on a trolling motor with your live scope yep. and with your traditional sonar and with a side scan. Yep. <sighs> uh, now, man. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, the, like, to keep this scope broad, okay? Yeah. Don't think kayak. Don't think oh, big boat. Like, yeah, yeah, think yeah, of yeah, it yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Encompass so, all of it. I just want to say, I just want to say one thing on the cheating. Yeah. So, yes, I have pondered the cheating. I have dwelled on a little bit. But the fact of the matter is you have cheating in every single fucking sport, every single one. It's never going to go away ever, ever. You have cheating in fishing, golf, football, baseball, hockey, every single. 
basketball, every single sport has some level of cheating, no matter what. And at some level of cheating in some way, we're never going to get away from it. Mm-hmm. That's something we get, we just kind of have to accept. There's always going to be that level. We just hope that either one, you see it, you say, say something about it. Yeah. And two, you know, it's just that person that's that's cheating over and over again, which has happened, i.e. in the fishing world, the fucking guys with the the walleye cheating incident that the guy just also got caught fucking poaching deer. He was po- had been poaching deer over the years. You're going to get you're going to get cheating in every sport yeah. when he, to back up on that. When it comes to the live scope, it would be cheating if I had a live scope and Sean or Bobby had no chance to get one. Yes, that's where money comes in. Money, yeah. I, I, you have to pay more for live scope, but it is available to you and you can use it. And that's but why that's I not, don't think that's not what? cheating. That's just the rules are every. It's all inclusive, and people are starting oh, no, out. I'm, at say, I'm levels, saying live scope you know I mean? is not cheating. I'm, yeah. I'm oh, sick of oh, yeah, yeah, live oh, scope is not. cheating. Yeah, no, it's, because it's, everyone has access to it and. You know, yes, it costs money, but you have access yeah. to it. And, and you I can th- get it. I think that that oftentimes that a lot of people say that something is cheating when in fact it's not really cheating. What it is is being really shrewd about the way that the rules are worded and what can and cannot be used or or what the the organization with whatever that game or whatever that event is. You know, whatever they lay out, there's this natural human sort of urge to pull a fast one over something. And I see this every single night that I host trivia. Somebody is trying to exactly. bullshit like the rules in their order. Well, it's like, oh, well, you know, they answered, but you're not supposed to say the in your answer. That doesn't count. So it should have been wrong. And I'm like, you know what? That only counts for a keypad round. Like you're splitting hairs. These are different things. You know, it's it. So like, there's a lot of people who like to throw that word around that it's cheating when in fact, it's not really cheating. What it is is paying attention to the rules and pushing pushing the limit. Sometimes it is pushing the limit, you know, but until there's a, a rule change or something, there's like really nothing you can do. But I also think that that's not the point of this video. I think yeah. the point is that we got not guys, and I'm going to say it, <laughs> that there's guys like Randy Blockett that are fucking losing their <laughs> goddamn minds about forward-facing sonar and about yeah. low payouts yeah. and everything else. And it, you know what? I like Randy's material. I've learned some shit from his stuff. But he gets on these tangents, and he goes off the deep end with, hey, we're not making any more money. How come uh, bass fishing isn't lucrative? Oh, the problem's this. And he throws out, and again, maybe his hands are tied because of his sponsors, you know? Like maybe that beef jerky company is tied in somehow with what other uh, with with an outdoor company, a, a giant, and they're like, hey, they're owned by us, you know, and we're gonna yeah. get to and, that and later. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think that's where it, that's what this video is about. Yeah. We're gonna get into that. So he, you know, we will see that, we will hear that, and he fucked himself, and we will see why. And yeah. he been, uh, he he explains it perfectly. He kind so. of calls him out, and I I like that. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. And also, any of the comments that are coming in, we're going to address those in segment three. Go back and just just run them through a strainer and pick pick out some really really great ones. And I'm going to try to put as many as I can in. And we're going to talk about that stuff in segment number three. So, guys, keep your comments coming because we're we're going to get to them uh, in our third segment. Other is this, guys. We need the green one. 
money in whatever capacity that might be. Pay out to anglers, it costs too much money to get into the sport, it costs too much money to be competitive because I don't have enough money to spend on a boat. I don't got enough money to spend all the new sonar I need. I don't got enough money to spend on tackle. A lot of people don't understand how we got to the point where this is a rich man's sport, where there's not better payouts than there was 40 years ago, even though there's thousands more tournament anglers spending millions more dollars. Why is the industry not getting bigger? Why is there not more money available for the people that are spending it in the industry. Well, like I said at the start, I am going to share with you one giant reason for that that everyone is too afraid to talk about. I think it's important to go back to where what I believe is the biggest issue with money right now in our sport began. Anybody familiar with this year right here? Was there something like a virus, well, 2019, for instance, yeah. that might have started that year? Yeah, that's right. So even though we've had this issue with our sport for a very long time that's gotten worse and worse over time, this right here was really something that accelerated and got us to where we are at today. I don't know if I should say that word out loud because I'll probably get canceled. It was COVID-19. Well. So, that's what he's talking about. And People no longer go here. This is a off, like a corporate office building. Timmy's in here, got the computer screen there. He's in his chair, it's got rollers on it. Okay, so this is 2019. You got Timmy with his desk job here at work, watching out the back window. There's a lake, of course, it's terrible. His bud's out here blasting down the lake, fishing, and he's at work. So then the old COVID-19 happens and Timmy no longer has to be at work. So now Timmy works right here. He's at home and he's happy now because he doesn't have to go deal with all the corporate assholes. He's at home, he's happy now, right? That's a blue dog and those are bushes. This is his house. But over time, because he's been at home for several months, we got his wife Gina here. She's getting real sick of having to stay inside. Now Timmy's mad, but you know what Timmy and Gina are about to do to make themselves happier. Timmy, he gets a great idea now. And this is the same idea that so many people in the fishing industry and not in the fishing industry, they got the same idea too. And it created a boom in that thing we started talking about, money. Timmy decided, you know, even though he's never actually fished more than like, you know, three times during a summer when he was seven years old, he is going to go out and he's going to purchase himself a brand new $90,000 bass boat because that will get his family out into the outdoors. That is what hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people did since, you know, they work from home now. They can fuck off and not actually do any work on their laptops and they're going to now have family vacations and spend their time out in the wild instead of all cooped up with uh, people coughing on each other and stuff. And you guys know what that does to the fishing industry. People go out and they buy freaking bait. Go ahead, Sean. That is a really poorly painted picture of mm -hmm. the way everything shut down for 2020. It's an unbelievably zoomed in presumption. Yeah. So... Like yourself, let's take let's take the closest example. Mm -hmm. You didn't just get to sit at home and fuck around on a laptop during 
the pandemic, your livelihood was shut down by law. Oh, yeah. Like you couldn't, yeah. you could not go, bar, bars weren't open. You could not do yep. your job. And a lot of restaurants weren't open. The entire service industry fell off a fucking cliff. My entire wedding uh, schedule for that year went to shit. That was about yeah. like $40,000 that just fucking disappeared. And and most people in this country, I mean, America has a is a service industry at this point. We're not even we're not even close to manufacturing. We're not mm-hmm. close to office work. Like, yeah, if you if you were lucky enough to maintain your job during that time and work from home, that was great. But most people were not able to work. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? I mean, what he's talking about, I think, is the situation where you had. Um, an outside an uh, something happening on the outside that affected the way that people essentially lived and now they were had the ability and almost the recommendation that yeah being outdoors is safer than your activities indoors so i think if you look at a little bit more of a of of a like i said like i think and i think the reason why it is that scope that he he laid out there why it's so zoomed in and so specific is because it makes for something entertaining to talk about on a dry erase board, which if you guys want to see all that, go ahead and watch Ben's video. You'll see the dry erase board and everything, the he, images that he's drawing. Yeah, he's he's using the COVID thing as more of like a timeline, not an actual like he's not so much using it as like, oh, you know, fuck COVID night. It, it, it's just a timeline of when the event started and like the shit like. Yeah, a lot of people lost their jobs, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that, you know, were for not or forced or told to work from home. It's just more of a timeline and we're going to get into it more um of when you know this progression of what he's about to talk about happened. And that's like when it I I think that the big point that he's talking about is that there was a boom in the outdoors industry in the market that nobody else really had. Correct. You know, I'm with that. Yeah. And I think that this is just like a cute way to kind of say it that way. But I mean, it's it's unprecedented. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way that it happened at that time. It is it, it's something that because, uh, I mean, shit, look, look, look at your say, shop, Joe, you know, I was just going to say. So, it, the, you know, when my shop was the busiest right during then. And you know, we're not going to get, this is the only time I'm going to not try not to get into politics or anything during this, because this is kind of the last we talked about the COVID-19 bullshit, whatever. Um, but you know, what I saw was, you know, the people that work it from home, whatever. And dude, I've worked from home. I get it. It's, it's the total, it's sometimes I would have days to where I worked like an animal. Sometimes I'd be like, I'd put the fucking mouse on autopilot and do my own and fucking go see what project I need to do with Mm -hmm. the house. And, uh, but you know, so you had those people working from home and you had the people, I I saw the people that were coming in and that were, you know, and we're not going to get, this is just what I saw. I don't want to get into the the weeds of it, but who are gaining the, uh, the, the checks from the government from, you know, the, the supplemental checks and some of them are more than what they were making before. So they were coming in like, you know, and we had talked about before some people who would never come in to buy certain things were like, what's your most expensive shit you got? You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what, that's kind of, that's kind of what he's get trying to get into. Like people who, 
you know, typically wouldn't have bought this stuff or done, th- done this. This is just kind of the the, the actual market itself that it was trying to talk about that started yeah, at this time. I get what you're saying. Like, it was more about it being a combination of two things happening. Folks having the ability to have time to go out and use these things recreationally if they were going to spend the money on it. And they didn't see an end where it was necessarily going to happen. So why not? They would make that investment to enjoy the time that they had. And also, you know, I mean... I'm going to be honest when it comes to like working from home, that's primarily my job anyway, but you know, I just can't perform the events during the the pandemic when everything was shut down, I could do all the sales and everything else. And it was a lot of, you know, there was, there was minimal money coming in. In fact, I, I, I can't believe I only actually had to refund one client. There was only one client that I had to, had to refund because we weren't able to figure anything out and it just wasn't going to happen. That was it. But I, I will also say that on a regular functioning, like right now, I work from home, you know, I'm my own boss. I have my own business. So I have the time. I'm one of the, and I think it's when people find themselves in that situation where they're like, hey, maybe they work for Mass Mutual and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do a half day here. Then I'm going to take the, the late half of the afternoon, or maybe I'm going to fish until lunch and then come in and, uh, and, and I'll work there. If they're able to kind of schedule that, they're, they're more likely to spend that money and, uh, and, and put it towards something being in the outdoors because they're like, who the fuck knows? You know, and this, I think, you know, when you're talking about soft plastics and some terminal tackle and stuff like that, that's one thing. But when you're talking about kayaks, kayak rigging, boats and boat rigging, that's a different animal. That's a lot of money. You know, um, I'd actually like to look into see about like the boat industry, like how sales were during that window. And if they're experiencing the same thing as like the kayak market right now, because like right now, the kayak market that's booming is the used market. You know, it's it's the used market. So there's a lot of folks that are they don't have the time anymore. So they're like, I'm going to sell this and get what I can for it or something like that. So it's just I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of wild. Shit's nuts. Casters and they're buying fishing rods. That's a really big bait caster compared to the fishing rod. And they're out there buying damn crankbaits out the ass. And they're buying worms. Those are worms. And they're out there buying damn corny ass t-shirts that they saw a professional on TV wears. I'm curious. I wasn't able to figure out. Maybe it's I'm just not enlightened enough. What is the corny ass T-shirt that he's talking about? Does anybody? I think he's got something going on with another company. Yeah. Um, I won't say it here, but I think he has a. a, a, a I think Six Sense and another company or kind of another uh, apparel company kind of butt heads, and I think he's talking about that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I was curious. I yeah, thought I th- maybe I it was there, like I think salt there life was or some. Hook. Um, some designs that were much that were very similar that they're oh. kind of going back and forth about. Yeah. So gotcha. I think he's just. Yeah. All right. All right. See him out there in, in damn public looking like a some type of covert water ops. Just the corniest shit you should never wear in public or probably anywhere. So then all these companies in the fishing industry that are selling said products got some of this going on. So we're like, hey, eh, it's okay. It's okay. 2020. Boom. That's what it looks like in the fishing industry. So at this point, we are into a huge boom phase in the entire outdoor industry. Many of you guys remember that, right? But we run into some problems because there's also that C word that we're not going to talk about in this place too. Fucking islands or something over here. 
China. That's not a thought bubble, that's a country, folks. So China gets shut down. Boom. Because they can't work either, because they caught the C word. Fucking thing. Now we build another chart. Here's 2010. That's not in scale at all. Here's 2020, and most importantly, demand, <whistles> supply, <whistles> and that leaves us with an issue. Here's our buddy Tommy up close. And Tommy, he's a small business owner. And he says, that's what he says right there. Cause he don't have any more crankbaits, any more corny fishing shirts, any more boats or, hell, you guys remember this? Couldn't get a damn pack of worms. You couldn't get hooks. Want to get a boat? That's great. But for some reason, they don't have wiring available for the damn boat for 18 more months because you can't get a hold of anything. Well, good news, folks. Tommy, the small business owner, he's about to get bailed out. Let's give this guy a, give him a red tie. Well, that brings us to this guy right here who's gonna bail out little Tommy. This guy right here is corporate douche. I'm gonna make him probably a little bit more realistic here. There we go. He's watching all this go down and he's like, you know what? We got billions and billions of dollars and maybe we own a damn, we own a furniture company. We. We own a cleaning products company. We sell, we had a washing machine company, a refrigerator company. And it seems like the market doesn't want to be indoors anymore. They want to go outdoors. And oh my gosh, we look over there at the outdoor industry. And guess what guys? He sees a whole lot of this. We got this going on. Maybe some of that going on too. He's looking at the companies in the fishing industry saying, you know what, I don't know a damn thing about fishing. I don't give a fuck about fishing, but I got billions of dollars and I'm seeing the fishing industry going like this. And you know what, they probably got the same supply chain issues as all the other industries. So then we go back over here. I think his hair was like this. We got old Tommy. This guy picks up the phone, he calls old Tommy. He's like, Tommy. Looks like the fishing industry is doing well. Tommy's like, yeah, bad. He says, yeah, we've uh, we've been investing in some fishing companies, actually. We're very interested in the outdoor industry. It means a lot to us to uh, get into the outdoor industry. And Tommy's like, yeah, man, we've been we've been killing it, but you know, the problem kind of is we, we can't keep up with the, the demand. We, we can't get our products from overseas. We sold everything in our warehouse. Now I've got employees sitting here and they don't got anything to pack into our, our boxes. Not even any of those ugly shirts. He's like, wow, man, that, uh, that sucks. Um, what are your sales like? And Tommy's saying, well, we sold, you know, $2 million in the last year. Before that, our biggest year ever was 87 cents. We made in profit once. And he's like, wow, $2 million, but you can't keep the product in? And Tommy's like, nah, nah, I can't keep the product in. And so this guy says, what if we give you $10 million for your small business over here? Your little, your little ugly shirt company or your hook company? And so Tommy's over here like, that's his jaw. Right? It's on the floor. It's really low. So this guy tells Tommy, he's like, yeah, you can still, we require you to stay on, you know, just to kind of run things a little bit, but we'll buy you guys out. We'll, we'll be the, the primary owners and, and shareholders of the company and you will be a millionaire. You just got to sign this, this little, you know, 400 page agreement that has a lot of fine print on it. And we're going to buy you guys out. Now, Tommy, just a little redneck, he never had any money in his life. And so 
He's immediately like, get back. They do one of these with their really, really short arms. They hold hands together on go for a walk. No, they shake hands, so he buys the company. So hopefully you guys are following along so far. That brings me to the issue with the industry, and we'll elaborate what the issue is in just a second. These two letters right here, you guys familiar with what that means? PE, private equity. Private equity holdings companies, whatever you want to call them, it's just a vague term that basically means it's a bunch of people with billions of dollars and a bunch of people with billions of dollars that have... What do we got, Joe? So real quick, the one thing I will say, um, mm -hmm. you know, these small companies, you know, some of them, you know, obviously some of them had that money waved in front of them. And it's very hard to say no to that. Sure. 100% very hard yeah. to say no to that. Some of them stayed true to their roots. Some of them stayed true to their roots. Oh, um, yeah. I use some of them. You use some of them. Sean uses some of them. Um, you know, a lot of them survived. Unfortunately, a lot of them didn't. That didn't take that money, which is super shitty. Oh, it's, yeah. It's awful. But, uh, you know, kudos to the ones that stayed true to themselves, their brand, you know, their, you know, what they believe in that, that did survive and they're yep. not thriving now. Yep. That's all I want to say. I think, I think one of the things when I called Bobby about this yesterday was <clears throat> I'm very confused as to what this guy decides it's a small business or not. Because during the course of this conversation, a graphic gets flashed up with yep. major brands Stuff that like have had contracts with Walmart for decades. Yeah. Like, how is that a small company? Yeah. You're going to tell me Zoom Lures is a small company. That's just one guy. That's Timmy working in his fucking garage, pumping out five billion horny toads every fucking six hours. Like, really? So, I have some other stuff on this. I'm going to wait. Yep. Um, Bobby and I, again, we, we talked. I kind of went off on one other thing that I really didn't like. Believe it or not, a lot of this conversation, I think, rings true, but I think the focus on the pandemic is completely bizarre. And there's another question I have as we get towards the end of this, but, you know, we'll yeah. keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to dive in when we cover some comments. That's going to raise a lot of, lot of issues and things. Um, I, I think that I will say this much. Tommy needed a motherfucking lawyer. That's really step number one. You don't make that kind of an agreement when there's a 400-page document in front of you without paying somebody hundreds of dollars an hour to go through and then basically digest it for you and explain what the fuck is happening. Like, mm -hmm. that's the primary issue. And this is not something that is – this is maybe maybe new in the outdoors world, but this happens a lot with small businesses that have something that's got – staying power or whatever you want to call it. They've just got something that, that separates them that is that people want. So like if you come up with something, yeah, patents are, are really important, but like doing the shit is on your own is, is not the fucking best way to do it. You need to bring in a lawyer. Anytime somebody says, Hey, I want to buy your business for X million dollars. And, you know, of course, we're going to keep you on. I mean, on, on the surface, that sounds amazing because you could probably write your own fucking salary and be doing great. Being on is like the, the lead person of the brand bank that $10 million and be set for a number of years. And if you and do the right things with it, you could be set for life, you know, but a lot of people don't do that or they won't do that. So it is he makes a good point about the ignorance of like, you know, he's just this this, this little redneck has no idea what's going on. You know, he all he wants to do is make soft plastics like that is one again, like really zoomed in to one certain specific instance versus like like you, you said, Sean, like is it zoom where they're dealing with, you know, 
much higher numbers and giant retail contracts, stuff like that. People below them with hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars or even billions of dollars investing in their company and they are leaving it up to this giant entity made up of all these parts and people and businesses together, they're leaving it up to them to go out and invest their money into different companies that are going to in turn make them more money. Let me tell you what is wrong with that and why it is fucking up the fishing industry. So the reason that a private equity company buys out one of these small businesses is obviously so they can give themselves and their investors a large return on investment. And so what they are going to do. All about that ROI. What do you got? So I think I can kind of go back to uh, like the question Sean had about the big companies. Mm -hmm. um, one of them, Yamato Bates, and I and, and and I had to look it up real quick. So Yamato Bates was solo on them on themselves, and I don't know about any of the other ones, but I just know you know Yamato being sold recently. Are you talking Yamamoto, Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I went and ate at Yamato, the 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 Japanese restaurant down the street from my house. Not too long ago. <laughs> I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. So, were, they, yes, were they purchased by zoom or Walmart during the pandemic? Yeah. Okay, so, well, so, Yama, so Yamamoto was actually purchased by um, pure GSM outdoor or GSM outdoors was, a, which is a subsidiary to uh gridiron capital. Which is just a uh, basically they own they do everything from fucking car loans to whatever. So I think that's kind of what he's going at with like those bigger companies. Mm -hmm. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I, yeah. I get it. I get it. Again, you're, you're going to hear something in a few minutes when he gets done with this rant that I I asked Bobby last night and I I. Took all of thirty seconds to do a web search about five minutes ago while you while yeah. we were listening to this. And this whole I don't I don't understand what this rant is about. But anyways, fired up. All right, let's go ahead. We'll continue. Is try to change something either with the financial direction of the company or the way that it's operated, the operational strategy of that company to turn a margin to make changes so they can see a profit immediately, a short-term profit. They're gonna do this. Here's like a, a product sales list you got how many times it sells and you got uh worth uh go ahead so i just want to jump in here with one thing you and i talked about last night just mm -hmm. just from the sound of this this sounds like capitalism right yeah I, I want to make sure i'm i'm on the right page yeah oh yeah absolutely okay so we're, we're set we're just going to leave that everyone bookmark that we he's talking about capitalism and we live in america go ahead <laughs> Shitness. Okay, so how good the product is, basically. Here's our products over here. We got A, B, C, D, E, F. Product A, three out of five stars. How good it is, sales-wise, five out of five, sales-wise. B, awesome product, but it's got a niche following, so it doesn't sell great. Now, product C sucks balls, but it catches the angler. Maybe not so much the fish, or it's a boat that delaminates after you use it for six months because it was just trying to turn a product over really quick in an assembly line, but it gets a lot of sales. So here's what happens. Even though the small business owner has been able to put out a good product, 
for a long time in the industry and they understand that it's not all about this side of the sheet right here because well the customers even though this one is an awesome product and doesn't sell very well you got to keep that product around there's a reason that we came out with a five inch biffle bug even though it's got a niche following of what's that I got to jump in with this, Bobby. So let's apply what he just said yep. that he's blaming these these major companies for. Let's apply it to a small business, a really a real small business, not Zoom or Six Sense or anything like that. Yep. So we've got one guy making plastics in his basement. Mm -hmm. He makes an off awesome bug lure, but yep. it's not selling. Why is he wasting? Why is he going to continue to waste his time and money on plastics that aren't selling somewhere? That's what leads to a bankruptcy. That's what leads, you know, yeah. well, hey, you know, I, I could have kept my business going, but I just kept making this one lure that wasn't selling yeah. because fuck it. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. You know, and and, <laughs> like, and the thing is, sometimes that's how it is. It, it you, you see it in with a bunch of different small businesses where people make a product and it doesn't sell and it's ego or something. They're like, nope, I'm going to, it's going to catch steam. And that's why they stay in it. And yeah, you're right. That can lead to business. The one thing I also want to throw out there too, and this is a great way to look at it. He's talking about, and this exists already in one industry and that industry is the food industry restaurants. Okay. You have corporately owned chains and then you have independent restaurants. They both exist in the marketplace at the same time. Um, but you can choose to fish with the Applebee's baits, or you can choose to go to, you know, Fletcher's barbecue, which is a single operation in Longmeadow and, you know, have their ribs versus the Applebee's, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there's space in the market for both things to clearly exist on the same, same level. I don't know that it's necessarily ruining fishing. I think that it's something that people could get pissed off at because brands that they love are being liquidated because of corporate greed, which fuck corporations are inherently fucking greedy. It's how it works. They crunch numbers. That's what they do. You know, it's capitalism. And, and if there's something that's not working for them, they're going to cut it. Does it suck? Yeah. But it's like, it's the same thing when a restaurant can't make it and, and everybody loses their mind and says, oh, it's so terrible that this place is closing. I fucking loved it. I made this 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 argument uh, the other, the other uh, what was it, on last week's show about that place, Nola Country, uh, Nola Cajun Kitchen. I went there and I had, um, it was the bearded angler, it was Joe. And he was just joking around. He goes, dude, I, I thought that was our place. And I told him, I was like, that shit's bad for the restaurant industry. Like just just going to this one place one time a year is not going to keep them in business. You've got to keep going regularly. You've got to put money into the system. Um, it's just just the way that it is. You know, you when you when you streamline so much. So I understand why he's so pissed off and why he thinks other people should be pissed off. Yeah, corporate. Corpor I, I, I think. I think we really need to look at the sixty thousand foot view here, and I think Sean, yep. I, I, I think Sean Yellow yeah, was like, "Hey, that's capitalism. It, it this is a hundred percent, yeah." I, I and I think I don't think, <laughs> I think he's trying to explain it to the average angler yes. of what capitalism is. I agree, and, and and why you are, why are you seeing, why you are seeing what you are seeing because maybe yep. the fishing industry was didn't have such a wasn't held so tightly with the with the concept of capitalism but be and i think that go ahead 
I think that's what he's trying. I think that's what he's trying to explain. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with a couple of, like Sean. I don't agree with a couple of ways he explains it. I think he's just trying to explain it the best way that he can to dumb it down to, for folks that don't see right. it. Yeah, from that perspective. Right. But I, right. my, what I, the only stance I'm taking on it is keep in mind that this conversation is coming from somebody who's a part owner of an independent company. Look at the agenda, yep. you know, and yep, I mean, also, again, yep. I'm not that's, a, that's another thing. I'm not faulting Ben for that. I applaud Ben. In fact, if he would fucking respond to my goddamn DMs, I'd have him on the show in a second. You know what I mean? I'd love to have this conversation with him. But here we are. People like me and Zark and other people that know it's legit. Just an example. So the private equity douche is going to look at this and he's going to see. And he's going to do this. We're going with these. And the end of that is the consumer back to Timmy. Turns out his boat delaminated even after he only used it for a month and the damn crankbaits he bought don't catch fish because the damn things sink now because they're making too many of them too fast. Here's another part of the problem. Take the exact same chart, replace this with the employees at the company. I will, I do want to say this, that I do think that you know, there is um, a fine line where you can have a mass produced product that can be fantastic and then things change because operations change and that that does suck. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you'll have a product that's really fantastic and then all of a sudden it's not behaving the right way or it's not as durable as it was. Maybe they made a change in the components that they were using or they used a cheaper, you know, resin or something. And, and, you know, it fucking cracks when you try to bounce it off of a concrete wall or maybe a kayak or maybe a kayak company came up with possibly the, the best fucking lightweight pedal drive system you can imagine. Yeah. And then that company was bought by a bigger company prior to the pandemic. And as soon as that happened, every moving part on that for all that company's line was replaced with shit. And and, and then the one and then that one light one was cut. I mean, things happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, in the the uh, big boat world, you know what the biggest one is for me? What's that? Mm. Ranger boats. When Bass Pro bought them. They kept the prices the same, and all of a sudden, a bunch of this shit is garbage. They, they have the same fucking trailer. The, they, they get their trailers are built in the same fucking factories that the tracker trailers are built in. That the tractor yeah. trailer, the tracker trailers have always been known to be fucking trash. Really? That's all I'm gonna say about that. They, yeah. Are they tractor supply? <laughs> just, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying, maybe that's what they're going for their trailers. They just got about that kind of thing. Ranger small. was a standalone company that was bought by Bass Pro, and now they're they're fucking like uh, yeah. it, it, so Ryan Bogley, for instance, like he he's got like one of the pre Bass Pro Rangers. Yep. Um, he's had some issues, but you're gonna have issues with big boats. It's but, gonna uh, happen. It's just a you know, it's just a different quality of boat now. Yeah. No, no, no that makes sense. Business owner owns one question, Joe, um, on on Ben's boat. He doesn't have any other logos on there aside from Six Sense, right? He has zero logos on there. The only thing that he has is uh, he C-decked. No, he didn't C-deck. He basically, his entire deck is one giant um, uh, like um, carpet decal that doesn't have, I don't think it has says anything Six Sense. I think it just says uh, his brand, like the, his not YouTube. his brand, but his, 
channel is like Millican fishing. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. That's what I thought. He has zero. Company. He the dude. He doesn't wear a jersey. Nope. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I mean, yep. I, I don't get me wrong, dude. I respect this guy. I do, and I I agree. I think he's trying to serve this up on a dish that your average Joe could yeah. digest and understand. Yep. Um, yep. We got bought out. We had Tom. We had Bob, we had Jill, and we had Gina. But anyways, corporate douche looks at this employee list, and this is what he sees. So that's their new names right there. And guess what he's looking at right here. Goodbye, employee A. Goodbye, employee C. We're going to keep B&D because it makes sense financially for us in the short term to not pay out as much. And regardless, it'll all balance out on the sheet here. And the problem is you also take that another step further and the exact same table applies to, you guys guessed it, the fisherman on the pro staff right here. Now the pro staff guys here, they used to be able to call and talk to the small business owner. They worked their deals every year and they had a good relationship. They built it over a long period of time and they got to the standing where they were even making some decent amount of money even though, you know, Randy hadn't caught a fish since 1982. Gary's not much better. I feel like that's intentional. I think he used Randy as an yeah. example intentionally and I'm, I'm here for it. We've talked about this on the show too. Like, yeah. Joe, you know more about this. I'm going to ask you because I, 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 to my knowledge, this doesn't exist. A fisherman, a pro fisherman, right? They are not paid without winning something by BASS or FLW, right? They're not an employee. They're basically either a competitor or shall we say an independent contractor, probably more of a competitor because they're paying to get into these events, right? Yeah, so they they are paying to get into these events. They pay for their own travel. They pay for all that. And where they, mm -hmm. it, you know, and where they, a lot of them, is, it's either coming from the winnings or um, these companies right? that are sponsored yeah. pay them. And if they're, so, if they're being sponsored by a company, more, more, than, more often than not, these companies are expecting something in return, usually marketing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah, that's definitely. where you so, get the fucking decal on the boat, on the jersey, yeah, yeah. all that shit. I and think, saying like I caught it on this bait from fucking yeah. whoever. You're marketing for a company. I mean, really when it yeah, comes down and, to it, these guys are marketers first and they're competing for prizes second. Yeah. Like I hate the term pro fisherman. You're not. You're a marketer who does who fishes. That's your realm. But you're marketing. Yep. You're fucking advertising. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what what's changed and and why you get such an angry reaction from the old school guys who have been around pre-YouTube is that when you've been doing this that long, a decal on your boat and, a, and, a, and an image on your jersey and, you know, maybe a write-up on a win, uh, you know, in, in a magazine saying, oh, I caught them all on this one specific swim bait or I caught them all on this one technique and I was throwing them on this combo and it worked. That was enough. But now that's not enough because the large number of people uh, that are reachable now has become social media. So the pressure is and this is where I think the whining comes from. And, and I agree with Ben here. This is why you get guys like Blockett who are like, oh, this is bullshit. You know, um, you're you know, uh, there's not enough money in this. It's, it's the workload has changed. And that can be said for most people who work in corporate America, the workload has changed. You're doing the work of multiple people these days in most situations. If you work for somebody else, you're oftentimes understaffed 
and still having to produce the same amount of workload uh, or more if uh, you know than, than you were previously in order to just maintain making the same amount of money. This is not weird yeah. for everyday people. <laughs> so it, it, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say something probably controversial to a lot of people, but. It, it, it's a complete business thing. So let's yep. put it this way. So it, a lot in, we had talked about a video recently um, of that, you know, that pro angler um, who essentially bitched about, you know, uh, um, content creators, right? Yes. So now let's look at it as a business standpoint. So Bobby, you own a fucking big fishing company who you, which, which egg, which basket you're going to put most of your eggs in? hundred percent. I'm going to put it in the social The guy, media. the guy who is pro fishing and, yeah. and great. And I'm a big boat guy, so I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. The guy who pro fishes and, you know, maybe they stream and get maybe a million followers at the classic or whatever, yeah. or, or that content creator who has 5 million subscribers yep. and puts out fucking two to set five videos a week. Yeah. It's all a fucking business. Thing. It's, it's 100%. all business. Yeah. I mean, and, and I understand that for a lot of pro anglers, this is sour grapes. And I'm sorry, dude, that sucks. It does. But like part of any business plan is going to involve adapting adapting to the market you want to stay in it you want to be in it and you are in the market of marketing um if you want to stay relevant you've got to update what you're doing and you know i get it people don't want to take the time and record content and put it out there or they feel like you know a lot of time there's this thing with the social media circle that people are are of the opinion that it's somehow less than you know but at the end of the day there are more motherfuckers that are going to buy a crankbait that are doing it for fun than there are that are doing it for a check. Fact. And, and and here's the other thing. And here's the other thing that's crazy. Let's 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 put a crankbait up, right? So that as a pro angler, one thing that they kind of do but they fucking hate doing, yeah, is telling people what they're catching shit on. Oh, of course. Then you go that content creator they don't give a fuck. They're yep. like, yo, I caught it on this crankbait and this fucking like, yep. check this out. Look at all these fish I'm catching. So like, of course they're going to like, oh, that dude is, that dude is fucking like telling everybody mm -hmm. all about this like new crankbait that we have. So let's like fucking, let's shift focus over to him because and it can, that makes way more sense. Exactly. It can be a double-edged sword too. Like somebody puts a, a bait out and like, they're like, oh yeah, we put all our eggs in this one basket and a content creator or a pro staffer is just not getting bid on it, then it's just not going to see the eyes, you know, there, yeah. or it's just not going to get the number of eyes because it's not necessarily yep. on there. I, I don't know, man, it's crazy. Yep. Plus, and then let's be honest, it's, it's no secret that like a lot of times when you hear a pro say, Oh, I caught him on such and such with the, this and that. And it's not what they were catching them on. It's that that pays them the highest amount of commission or they paid the biggest amount of their entries or something like that. They owe a favor. Yep. They want to move those units. That might possibly be the case. But again, as a consumer, all we can take them at is face value. Yep. You know, it, 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 and I know we've had this conversation before to where like people I know in the bait, bait making, um, 
they've had they've been at big expos where they've had pros come up to them like and be like hey yo can we go behind the curtain be like hey can you get me like so many of these like just and don't tell anybody that i told you this because they're expect you know that they're expected to be told that to tell people that they caught it on their uh bait made by their sponsors just like you said catch it on the you know and from this if these guys were smart like it's one thing to have a sponsor you know, and say, I'm getting a bunch of, uh, of, of of fish caught on this one specific, you know, let's say I've got Z-Man as a sponsor and I'm like, I've been killing them on a chatterbait jackhammer. It is amazing. I've been just absolutely crushing it. But at the end of the day, I've been throwing Picasso shock blades. Maybe it's a better business move to be transparent and change yeah. your fucking yeah. sponsor. <laughs> you know Dude, what I mean? Even like, oh, even like here's like, here's a crazy twist. Is it because Picasso is a smaller company than Z-Man, and maybe Z-Man has the deep pockets? Is that what's yeah, going on? That's a hundred percent what it is. I wonder. But it's like. Dude, it's like, here, here's the best analogy I can think of. So back in even like late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. how many fucking cigarette companies did you see on NASCAR? I, and I'm not a NASCAR fan oh, that yeah, were dude. plastered all over NASCAR. Did you see all the drivers them. getting out after they won and ripping a fucking lung dart? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like, oh, the Winston Cup series, blah, 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 blah. You like these? I want it because <laughs> of the fucking Newports. Exactly. Fucking. You know? <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's keep going. We're about halfway through this. Oh, this is going to, I'm going to have to cut this segment into two sports. Still fishing at the top level of the sport, even though we hadn't accomplished anything in 30 years. But we got Kevin and Bobby over here killing the game. Kevin's making more money than anybody. And Bobby over here, well. That's KVD he's talking about. Just a heads up. That's who he's talking about right there. Probably not too hard to figure out, but I figure I'd help out. He's newer to the game. And so he doesn't have a huge salary, even though he's pretty good. So once again, this is how corporate douche sees the pro staff. There you go. You hear these pro fishermen bitching and complaining about the money's going to this place. The money's going to the influencers. No one wants to pay me as much anymore. Now, obviously, there's a lot more money in sponsoring someone with a huge following with a lot, a lot of potential for sales on these social media platforms as opposed to someone that just puts a logo on the side of their boat. But you talk to a lot of these guys on the inside, it's, it's conversations that they have with their old pro staff manager and, and the companies that they've worked for for decades and the opinions of those conversations don't really make it out to the public and those opinions are that I don't even know who the fuck to get a hold of anymore this person is treating me like a number on a spreadsheet they cut me last year now I'm jumping from company to company I got this boat one year this boat the next year I got this hard bait company this year they got bought out and now they want me to have all freaking the same companies rods reels line hard bait soft bait terminal tackle when in the past what's up so when you try to get onto any 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 pro that pretty much any pro staff these days, mm-hmm. especially these bigger companies, what do you think is the first question they ask you? Oh, what social platforms are you are and how many followers do you have? Boom, boom, yeah, hundred percent. Well, and and the thing is, a lot of people get nervous about those numbers. You know, yeah. like oh, I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough uh, enough this. The reality of it is the numbers is only a portion of the game. The rest of it is, is how engaged are those followers? Are they following you like on every word? And I mean, there are social content, social media content creators that are out there in the fishing industry who have people and we're listening to one of them. Now they have people on the edge of their seats wanting to know what's coming. 
you know? Yep. yep. And, 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 and you know what they go just like, just like any job that you get, they go, mm-hmm. you, you tell them you have fucking 10, let's say 10,000 followers. Yep. They're going to look, they're going to assume that you already are a pro staffer at somewhere. That's that. And, a lot of times that's what get, that, that image that gets painted. Yep. Yeah. And they're going to, and they're going to look and see how engaged you are mm-hmm. and what you, what you have done for them. They're, they they want to know what you can do for us. Yeah. Of course. So they're, they're going to, they're going to look at that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, some guy that, you know, posts fucking one post a, 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 a week and maybe we'll just say the word of like, Oh, you know, I'm a pro staffer for this company. Like, yeah. So, or, or just put uh, a, a list of the companies they're pro staffed on and yeah. paste it on every single caption. Yep. And you're like, Oh, yep. that's good. Yep. The, dude, the, the, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going, but I'm, I'm, I'm team fucking, I, I'm, I'm team content creator. I mean, you can't as a business, someone owned a business, it's fucking, it's, it's business. It's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All I was using was their damn crankbait. And I used to have a great relationship with Gina, the pro staff manager. All of a sudden, Gina? the new guy that comes in, all he cares about is numbers on a spreadsheet. He cut everybody else. He said he's going to cut me too. He's not going to pay me my 20000 5000 $1,000 for the year unless I go from using my line to switching all my products on my boat and slapping their stickers all over everything. To their brand. And so that angler used to work for several different smaller companies. Now he works for one big conglomerate. And the problem is he didn't give a shit about that company's rods. He didn't like their reels. He thinks their line's trash. It comes straight from China. It's fucking terrible stuff. The terminal tackle isn't any good, but they made a decent crankbait back in the past anyways, when they were actually, you know, making them to not sink like a rock because the small business owner was actually looking over the quality of the product that they were putting out. So that leaves it to you, the consumer. How does that affect you? If you haven't seen enough already here about how that affects you, well, I'll tell you directly how that affects you. You were a big fan of Kevin, sorry, of C over here. Now C angler, you bought his product for years because you thought he had the best cranking rods. That's what he was good at. So you went out and picked up 37 quantum cranking rods, but now, well shit, now he's he's using everything from these other companies. Wonder why he's using everything for those companies. Oh, that's right. I did a Google search and I realized that a corporate conglomerate owns all said companies that he is now using their products and promoting their products to you, the consumer, even though maybe it's just a dollar sign. It's not necessarily a good product. Now, as a small business owner like myself, there's something else really, really slimy and disgusting that also happens that you as the consumer will never see during this process. I don't really know how to draw a graphic for this one, so I'm just gonna explain it to you really quick. When the corporate douches offer to buy small company over here and small company says they want to buy us because they think they can run it better and make a better margin but i don't think we've maximized our potential we're still on the upward climb we're not going to sell out to corporate i want to say this next part pisses me off more than anything else about the corporate side of things produce over here we'll just tell them no so a small business owner says i appreciate your time corporate douche but um we're going to just handle things on our own over here and the corporate douche over here is like all right little buddy Keep up the great work growing your company. You ever want to make some real bucks? We're just a phone call away. (sighs) Now the problem with that is corporate douche over here looks at the old employee sheet from small business owner over there. He hops on old LinkedIn and he's like, you know what? Those guys aren't going to be able to 
so real quick, and mm-hmm. this is this makes me wonder if uh, Sixth Sense has been approached and they've had and, and they've had a little bit of heartburn from something like this. I'm sure they have. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'm sure that they have, and I'm I'm sure that there's a portion of this that that's where this is coming from. And I understand, yeah. you know, I'm yep. team independent yep. all the time because I I have an issue with this type of practice that corporations are able to pull. This coming up. Yep. Design crankbaits too well without their head engineer. I'm going to offer him twice as much money to come work for me. Oh, and while I'm looking at it, I see on their sheet over here um, from their orders that um, they actually are getting all of their soft plastics made at this little company over here. So uh, I'm going to buy that little company and um, yeah, we'll just see what happens with the pricing when that small business owner goes to order his plastics the next time. Got a feeling it might be a little bit higher to the point where, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're gonna be screwed. And guess what, guys? That's what happens. They buy out all of your resources, whether that be your employees, your factories, your products, to the point where you have no choice but to sell to this corporate conglomerate. And guess what? If you wanna sue them, you wanna sue these guys because they took all your employees? Corporate guy's got the lawyers. He's got all the say, he's got the power, and he'll scare the shit out of you. He'll, he'll send them to your house, he'll send you letters every day. You wanna be small business owner and spend $200,000 in legal fees? Trying to fight Mr. Corporate Douche over here? Hell no, you can't afford it. Corporate Douche knows that, and as a consumer, you'll never see that, but it happens all the time. This leads me to my last and number one issue with the private equity conglomerates making the fishing industry smaller by purchasing up everything that's possible. And that is this chart right here. Let's make one quick. So I do want to jump in and say that this is nothing new. Like corporate America has been purchasing their competition to literally shut them down. Uh, or if if nothing else, just make it more difficult for them because sometimes it's about the price tag. And they know that if they can create a, a situation where that smaller company that doesn't want to be acquired by them, if they can make it harder for them to do business where they have to raise their prices, they're going to do less business because some people just buy on price tag alone. It's a fact. It's just the way it is. Um, great example. Great example of that with something that I'm relatively versed in because of all mm-hmm. the listening I do on it. Do you know when in the '80s we we're Bobby? You and I are old enough to remember the '80s, and we all remember remember WrestleMania, right? Yep. Why don't we remember any NWA pay per views out of the South? I don't know because there because there weren't any. Oh, <laughs> because because Vince McMahon with the WWE at yep. F at the time pressured all the pay-per-view companies and said, if you want to carry my WrestleMania, you're not going to carry NWA. Gotcha. So the better wrestling was left off television. We had to watch, you know, yeah. the idiocy. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really it's, good it's example. It's happened forever. Yeah. It's corporate, the corporate way. Yeah. So so one thing I do want, and so <clears throat> I'm just going to highlight a comment here, is like, uh, so Dan Griffin, uh, we all know, I've mentioned Dan Griffin on here a couple of times. I, I do ABA with him. Mm-hmm. But he mentions like, hey, you know, like we should see how like, you know, Boghawk, Somatis, anyone, you know, these smaller companies. And actually, Paul, uh, PJ from Boghawk yep. is actually is in here right too. here. Yeah. He's in here. So I'd love, you know, in the third I'd segment, love I'd love to hear what he has to say because... Yep. um. I know in the past with a couple of their base, they've had some issues with a, a much bigger 
um, company, like uh, cease and assist type shit. So I'd love yeah. to hear what he has to say in that like third segment. So PJ, let's uh, we actually throw know comments. See what you have to say. We have we have we actually know uh, of uh, this frightening number of bait makers um, who have reached who have gotten the same yeah. sort of treatment from a lot yep. of stuff i mean that is yep. not it's not uncommon but yeah i would and that, who's to say that that's not going to come in the next few weeks where we put together a little yeah. round table with bait makers to discuss yep. this and figure out like what what the fuck can be done if I think anything, that's an awesome, if anything. I, think, I think that's an awesome thing that we need to do that's all that's Let, yeah we'll just, do that We'll put it on, yep. on and, and so so bait makers and I already have a short list and off the top of my head, yep. um, even just ones that are based locally up here. But I'd like to mm -hmm. actually you mm -hmm. you know utilize our 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 relationship with Dark Horse Tackle and reach out to a lot of those folks and uh, and have them on and kind of have a conversation about how they feel about this. That would be really really good. Let's keep going. Here's us right here. 2023. We got 2015, 2020, 2025. So we were. Sucking down here with our revenue, COVID comes along, boom, we're right here. Now it's starting to come down a little bit, it's starting to come down a little bit. People aren't as interested in being outdoors anymore because they're going back to work or they realize, you know, that Timmy's boat delaminated and now he's, he's out of a fucking boat and doesn't want to buy. Let me just say, Timmy's getting fucked every which way in this fucking story right here. Poor Timmy's fucking having a Timmy. bad couple of years. I'm going to start a GoFundMe <laughs> for Timmy right now and see if we can kind of help the bitch out because, my God, this poor guy. I want it more because they used it for two hours on a Sunday one time. And so he's selling his boat. So all of a sudden, things are starting to come down a little bit, right? As far as revenue goes. So everything we just talked about was happening right here. You guys notice something about right here? Shit was going fucking Great. So all that stuff I just told you that was bad for the professional anglers, that was bad for the employees of the company, was bad for the past owner of the company, and is bad in turn for the consumer, that all happened when shit was good. What do you think is going to happen in 2024, 2025, 2030, when this does what it has already started to do and it starts to level itself out? Because the private equity companies, they bought when it was right here. And they're going to sell when it's right there. They're going to make their money. So what Bobby, I, I, I got to ask you to, to jump in on this. Um, yep. it, it, we got to pause right here just with that last comment he made. Because he's really focused on this fucking 2020 to 2024 period. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's fucking bullshit. Okay? Complete <sighs> bullshit. I want you to grab that article that followed this up. Remember you sent me the article about the pure fishing? Yep. Would you briefly summarize that if, if you wanted to? So you don't need it in front of you, but summarize that real quick. I, I want to read you. Stuff. I'm going to have to go through it and and reread re it and check it all out. But essentially, what they're talking about in this article is that uh, pure fishing is at risk of default, despite uh, Sycamore Partners. That's the the corporate entity that owns pure fishing. Uh, after, despite their their best efforts. Um, now, go ahead and and. and Go a little bit further, Sean, on, on how it is that you think that that how he's focused on the COVID window, how that's an issue. Ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to read this verbatim minus one line, and I'm going to come back around to that line. Okay. Okay. Newell Brands sells pure fishing to Sycamore Partners for 1.3 billion. All right. This is from the. I guess I'm guessing. Wait, what was that Jones first company? State. Newell Brands sells pure fishing to okay. Sycamore Partners for $1.3 billion. Yep. This is through Jones Day, which I'm guessing is this is a, a release on their website. I'm assuming yep. they are a legal company. They're lawyers in, uh, well, they got 
They might. They got own. offices all over the U.S. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. All over the world. All right. Through Newell Client is Newell Brands. Mm-hmm. Jones Day advised Newell Brands Incorporated in the sale of its pure fishing business to Sycamore Partners for approximately $1.3 billion in cash. Pure Fishing is a leader in global provide a leading global provider of fishing tackle, lures, rods, and reels with a portfolio of brands that includes Abu Garcia, All Star, Berkeley, Chubb, yep. <laughs> Chubb, <laughs> Fenwick, Grays, Hardy, Hodgman, Johnson, JRC, Mitchell, Penn, Fluger, Sabeel, Shakespeare, Spiderwire, Stren, and Ugly Stick. Yep. Pause right there. Well, that's a lot of money. It sounds like this should have happened during or right after the pandemic, right? Yep. Dated December 2018. Yeah, no shit. This happens as this has happened forever. Exactly. What the fuck? Why are we focused on this fucking pandemic? This isn't what happened. What what made it? What makes it stand out is that the like they were making money then. You know when this article when there was the sale. But the reason why that they're focused on the pandemic is that that's one corporate giant. That's one example. Like, yes, this does happen, and it's not news to anybody, uh, it, yeah. except unless you're in the fishing industry. I mean, this this happens with you know corporations all the time. I came from the background of television, man. I can tell you some horror stories about being bought and sold time and time again where all kinds of crazy shit has to happen because you're one little television station, a giant chain that's owned by whichever company that period of time. In fact, the station I left had gone through, from what I understand, like several changes within only a a handful of years rapidly just trying to create some kind of a profit. Dump it when it's a loss and and bring it back. What do you got, Joe? So... Sean, can you can you read off those companies again that Pure Fishing had at that time at that point? Abu, All Star, Berkeley, Chubb, Fenwick, Grays, Hardy, Hodgman, Johnson, JRC, yep. Mitchell, Penn, Fluger, Sabeel, Shakespeare, Spiderwire, Stren, Ugly Stick. I'm gonna okay, go outside I, of I'm gonna go outside of Berkeley. Yeah, outside of Berkeley. Those are the companies that I have noticed that had a tough that that really struggled with modernizing with mm-hmm. the way the sport was going. Berkeley finally figured it out, I think, um, especially when they came out with Maxent. But yep. other than that, I think a lot all those Fenwick just this past yes. year finally modern modern uh, modernized all their fucking rods. But I think those are a lot of companies that really were old school companies that really struggled with modernizing with the sport. What what year are you saying they struggled? Because I've used Berkeley products for decades. You're one so person. Berkeley, you got to look at the kind, market. Like I said, Berkeley is kind of you know it, it and you know you're don't take this the wrong way, Sean. But you're actually you're also one of the kind of like the old school fishermen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've been doing this a long time, so you 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 stayed with your brand. However. A young kid who's, you know, 2018, 19, that's a time that like the Googans came out and all that shit that, you know, they started to come out. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they just, those companies, yeah, they're, they're holding on to that old school fisherman that's been doing this for a minute and been with their brand, but they weren't doing anything to reel in those, those, those younger, those younger anglers. I think Fenwick uh, is those the perfect are all example companies, of that. Aside for Berkeley has finally kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um, Fenwick just fucking figured out. Yeah. Was, I mean, other than the president that, again, the, the the old school fucking fishermen, the only ones that I really see that buying those fucking things, but the Pflugers, Spiderwire, all that shit, like nothing has really 
modernized for yeah. most companies. So that, that's that's just taking a, a totally out of the fucking COVID nineteen bullshit. And that that time period when it really started, like the YouTube shit, really started to like kick in. I'll tell you, there's two things that now that I noticed weren't on that list, Sean. When that sale was made, that right now Pure Fishing owns, and that's Savage Gear and Plano. They own them right now. They do. Yep. Yeah. Um, Plano is huge. Plano's everywhere. That brand is all over the place. But they've also done things recently with developing some of their products. So I see what Joe's saying there quite a bit. But like you can see where they would acquire this, and then they make changes to try to stay on that curve. And I think that's what it is about this pandemic window, is it was a clusterfuck for pretty much everybody. There was no money, any, or there was no, no business to be had anywhere except for this one industry. And, and for a lot of people, for a lot of the people that are out there fishing, it's the only part that they know. Look, I'll take a, a perfect example. Like, look at it. how many fishermen have I had on the show, like Dave Erke last week, where they just got started during the pandemic simply because they had the time to do it, to develop the really the education and the effort that it takes to put into it and learn about it. So I think that that is kind of. It definitely there's got to be a highlight mark in that window because there was such a boom. And then as things drop off, as happens with corporate greed and corporate douches, like they're like, no, no, no. Sales are dropping. Get rid of it. Liquidate it. And the problem is then you then you're ruining brands. You know, can somebody I, afford I, to separate? Go ahead. Yeah, I get this. What what the tone that I'm getting off this video is. Yep. And he's he's gone back to it twice. This all happened during the pandemic. These things don't happen during other times. That's what he's even kind of illustrated the last point. Like, well, now the, the business is contracting. You think this is going to happen? What's going to happen in the future? Yeah. Well, the I, same thing that's happened just, for decades and, and a century. Yeah. Big companies are going to buy smaller companies. I think it didn't just start in 2020. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I, again, I, I think he's just trying to use this as like a 60,000 foot view. Like it, he's using that. This is this is that time period. This is that time period where fishing sales fucking skyrocketed. So he's trying to use that time frame that everybody can relate to. And like, like, like hey, what's that, Bobby? I was going to say, I, I get it, Sean. Like you're, I don't disagree at all. These acquisitions happen like at this level in other industries all the time. But I think that I do also agree that I think with Joe, he's focusing on this, this, this window and coming back to it because it there, you probably saw more acquisitions. I would, I would venture to say you probably had because of the trend that happened, the upswing and downswing, you probably had more companies being either contacted about selling or corporations dropping brands or just uh, what's the word that they use when they essentially digest a company and eat their competition, literally. <clears throat> yeah, I we've got some good. Stuff I, I don't know. I mean, segment three, like, you guys like I said, he, he's he's really getting on this, this one deal yeah. because that, that graphic flashed twice. It, it happened two years before the pandemic. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. And, why, and, why isn't that mentioned? You know what I mean? I, I think that's a good point and it needs to be mentioned because then it puts a lot more perspective, but also at the same time, it's not as sexy when you, and this goes for every source of media when you can't go like COVID-19. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, that's yeah. just a fucking headline. Like, come on, you know? Um, I don't really know what else to say to that. It's just like it's I get why he's focusing on it because, you know, it's a hot button issue. I mean, come on. He even said he's like, ah, I can't even say the word because YouTube will, you know, demonetize me or whatever or, or shut down the video. 
I don't really think that's the case. You know what I mean? You're talking about you, it's it's what it is. Like you, like you can't refer to like you know World War Two. You know what I'm saying? You know what the other thing is, dude? He's still a fucking huge, huge content creator. And True. He's still got to get that. He's got to get the clicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't blame I him for that. Say, this, this is why I don't, for the most part, get into this I, stuff. It's I, I want to. I, I think little, we got to start. I, I because I, I was the same way, Sean. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I was like, I, I kept well. I, I think we just got to. It's tough to to not focus on the COVID nineteen thing, but like yeah. you said, you, you're perfect. The two thousand, you know, because I did not know that. I knew pure fishing. The whole pure fishing thing was prior to, mm-hmm. um, just just from owning the company, the business. But I did I didn't know the exact date. But I think again, I, I think a lot of the COVID nineteen thing. I think that is probably like clickbait. Try to bring people in yeah. and do exactly what we are doing right now. Yeah, I mean, we could, we. Could, I'm surprised you didn't bring up G. Loomis. When did G. Loomis get bought by Shimano? Ten years ago? Like, yeah, that was a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. you know, and Shimano. Yeah. When you really think about it, is not just a fishing company. They they make all sorts of shit for bikes. Oh yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Dude, you know, like, anything with look, a gear in it, Shimano makes it. <laughs> look at the com- look at the company Yamaha. I could go yeah. out and buy a fucking motorcycle made by Yamaha. I also could go out and buy a piano made by Yamaha or a drum set. Or a, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? It's yep. It's crazy. Or a really sick motor. Yeah. Fun fact. I, I don't know if I ever told you this is a quick fun fact, but you guys, so you know the Yamaha show is, you know, the motors that Yamaha makes. Oh, yeah. You guys re- remember the Yamaha show Tauruses from back in the day? I do. So the reason why the Yamaha show is that is because something <laughs> happened to where Ford did not want as many motors as did. They had order, ordered so many of these motors, essentially from, um, I, I can't remember the company, or whatever. Yep. So, but they didn't. They didn't take delivery. They didn't want deliveries as many as they asked to be produced. So Yamaha took them, and that's how the show was born. The SHO for the Yamaha boat motors. It's the same. Was the same. Was hmm. the same. Came from the same dad as fucking yeah. the Taurus show. No shit. Wild. It, it, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking wild. So right. anyway, anyway, let's roll. Let's keep going. What happens to the pro anglers that uh, were not selling very many products and starting to get cut when shit was good up here. So what happens to the tournament angler when we're right here? When they were fans of a company's baits and they had to switch over all their rods, reels, line, apparel, everything to that brand. Now that brand is right here or... What if the brand is right here? As a professional angler, you thought shit was bad there or there. What's that gonna look like? What's that gonna look like for people that are working inside the fishing industry? And where does that leave you as a consumer with quality of product, with diversity of different products in the industry? You're probably gonna be right down there in the exact same place as everybody that's involved in this right here. So for anyone that wants to spend their off season this year bitching, complaining about live scope needing to be banned or about not making enough money from the pro staff even though you don't provide any value. We need a different format, a five fish limit or three fish or 916 fish limit and it'll be a better TV product. I strongly encourage you to stop and look at the corporatization of this entire industry and what that means for you. The number one sentiment I see in my comment section on the chat boards and even pro fishermen and fishermen in general bickering at the boat ramps 
is that this sport is all about money. You can't get into it without money. You can't be successful or compete without money. The rich man is taking from the poor man. But I promise you, there's something happening behind the scenes that's much worse, and that is the super rich man taking away from everybody. Guys, there are tens, if not hundreds of thousands more anglers across our country and across the world competing in bass fishing tournaments right now in 2023 than there was 30 to 40 years ago. These anglers are willing to spend six figures on a boat, a truck, electronics, rods, reels, shitty, ugly camo, water camo clothing, line, travel expenses, lodging, gas. Now, even with inflation over that period of time and all the millions and hundreds of millions of dollars those anglers have dumped in to these brands, into the organizations, into the entire sport, you don't see any significant rise on what you're receiving back as an angler or a consumer. Yeah. In many cases, <laughs> it's gone the other direction. Where the Based on what? What the fuck is he talking about? How how can that is such a broad, ridiculous statement? Yep. How how can you prove or disprove that? What what the fuck does that even mean? You're not seeing any return. Nobody's seeing any return. So <sighs> think about what that statement I, encompasses. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I I think that that when you're saying nobody's seeing any return. Like the corporations are seeing a return when they cut something or whatever. I think that that's a given, and I think that that's he's making the assumption somebody can figure that out. I think that what he's talking about is that the the pro angler, the pro staff member, the person who's invested in this as their livelihood is not seeing a return because the of the payouts, of the way the structure, of the the you know cutting of pro staff members to save on 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 fund you know to save funds to essentially make it so that that profit can go back up to the top where you know corporate douche or whatever is making that money. I think that a lot of this is just implied. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like he definitely could have explained uh, a little bit further and given specific examples. But I think that's what he means. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's. I don't know where he's going with that. It just doesn't. It doesn't ring up. The primary focus of the of the of this video, I really, I genuinely feel, is more like, oh, all these pro anglers that are whining and complaining about shit like this. This is something that you should really be paying attention to. Versus forward-facing sonar. Ready, ready for this? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and play off something Joe said earlier. Okay, Joe, I'm gonna. I wanted to make mention of this. I let it go. I think this is gonna wrap put a little bow on it on this statement. Joe, you mentioned like with the cheating and with pro sports leagues, and there's always cheating, right? Yeah. I don't care about pro sports leagues because I'm not, I'm not in them. I get pissed off if I go to a contest and put my money in, and I yeah. think it's a fair and even contest, and it's not. That's where I get upset when I find out that someone has subverted things. And even worse, if the people running the, the event know something about it and I find out afterwards, yeah. that's when I get upset. Okay. If, if somebody's cheating in the NFL, NBA, I don't care. That's cute. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care. It's yeah. Is it cute to watch the Celtics? It is. It's not my life. I don't care. Uh, it's, it's something I'm doing with, with my phone on while I'm playing video games. It doesn't matter. Um, as far as I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, with the pro sports, I know where I was yeah. going with this. So we want more payouts. All right. What does the MLB have? What does the NBA have? 
What does the NFL have? What does the NHL have? What does fucking pro golf have, which is the closest parallel as far as competition? Because it's an individual event. What do they all have? Contracts. Wrong. Oh. They all have unions. So get together, form a union. Mm-hmm. If if these people are drawing so much high ratings, which I'm actually looking at Nielsen ratings for Bassmaster Elite. Yeah. And they're not. On FS1, nobody's watching. Now, that doesn't count streaming. I get that. But yeah, this is low. All right. It's like WNBA low. Yeah. So what what value are you advertising? Especially, just like you said, the old school anglers, they're getting beat out by the new kids with the with YouTube channels and yep. with Instagram accounts who have huge followings by themselves. Form a union if you think you have value and fight for contracts. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to fish for you. ML, uh, ML, what, Major League, MLF, I'm going to fish for you. Three years, this amount of money. Hey, Bassmaster, I'm going to fish for you this this amount of money. Make an A and a B league with a guaranteed contract. Do whatever. I don't care how much they get paid, but the problem is they don't have that. They don't yeah. have a pot so, to piss in. I, I guess my my argument with that it would be is with with bass fishing is, like you said, the Nielsen ratings are fucking trash. The, the, we, the, they still don't have... They still don't have the the audience that they need to bring in the money that they want, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of. And Sean, I know, I know you'll you'll be able to relate to this. It's kind of like the NBA versus the WNBA. Like the WNBA wants to make as much as the NBA, but the WNBA doesn't get the audience. They don't get the spectators. Yep. So if we're not bringing that money in, we can't give you that money. Yeah. Like it would like that the money just doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, and so I, I think it, you know, when it comes to the Bassmaster Elite, when it comes to MLF, I think a lot of these old, old school fucking, these old school bass fishermen are, are, are the, are the real grumpy ones. Maybe, uh, no, I'm not going to bring that name up, but when it comes down to it is you have these fucking young guns that are coming yeah. up. That have that are just doing the crazy research. They have the YouTube followings, they have the Instagram followings, uh, face whatever, and they're fucking going out there and they're getting it done. And these old school guys that have been doing it for thirty years, which is super respectable, because they've been they've gone through so many different it, generations yeah. of, of 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 technology and, and rules and all that shit. Yeah, and they're they're basically just super sour right now. And they're well, super sour right now. But but check this out, Joe. They are, but they're according to this, right? I'm looking at I'm looking at the June 4th for the Bassmaster Elite on FS1. All right, that show. Okay, June 4th, so early summer. And this is not their highest rating by any means. It's not their lowest rating. I'm looking at sample shots about monthly mm-hmm. going back to 2022, right? So total households hit 86,600. Right. Yep. So it's about every household count, apparently counts as 1.3 people. So they have a total audience of 113,000 people. Right. In the key yeah. demographic from 18 to 49, it's 25,000 people. Out. So that means 90,000 or just shy of 90,000 yeah. people are older than 49 watching this shit, which is what? Uh, 25. It's fuck. 70% of their audience, I'm in a ballpark, I'm doing math in my head, yeah, yeah. 70% of their audience is over 49. What's going to happen to the Bassmaster Elite in 30 in years? Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred <laughs> you know? percent. And yeah. and I agree. I agree with they you one hundred percent. Yep. I yep. guess. Guess what? Guess how I, I put so much fucking money into tournaments this year. Did I make the money back? No. No, I'm definitely no. in the fucking red, but I did it because I enjoy doing it. I, I, Joe, Joe Brown's not going to be on the fucking elite series next year or the year, at, you know, because. And if he is, if he is, motherfuckers <laughs> everywhere will be saying, who the fuck is Joe Brown? Yeah, that's right. But I, but I could tell you right now that I, that my wife is not going to let me pay $1,800 for the nine yeah. tournaments, the Bassmaster Opens that it takes to make the elite series. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, I think this goes a lot. It, this definitely, this whole issue goes a lot deeper than what Mm -hmm. Ben Milliken is saying. He's, he's just, he is just scratching the paint, you know, scratching the paint right now with, with what he, and I think a lot of what he's saying has to do with the fact that I think he has a, a, a big bone to pick with some of these elite series guys because he's coming now up into the elites and he made his way because of being a content creator. Yeah. That is how he got up in there. I think there's a lot of shit behind the scenes that we're not seeing. That is the reason why he did this video. Um, and I think that's really why he emphasizes the whole content creation thing, because guess what? That is 100% why Ben Milliken had the money to go do nine Bassmaster opens at fucking eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars a piece. I think, I think there's a lot more to this. I think we could spend weeks and weeks on this fucking topic to really peel back the layers. You know, you know what I mean? I think we're just at the surface of it. Um, there's just so, and we know when it comes to the, to to the viewership, when it comes to the money going in, Mm -hmm. I get it. I, I, it's just not there. It's our sport. You know, I think it's making a comeback, but at one point it was a dying fucking sport. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and, and you and you can't deny it. And I think it's. I think we really. The one thing I think COVID nineteen one a plus side that COVID did is it brought a lot of young people back into our sport. And I think we're we're finally starting to see that. And I know that because I saw it. It's owning the business. I saw that. I saw that these kids were home watching YouTube and ran across a fucking I will never I will never bash Guggen Squad because of the yeah. shit they did for the young people and bringing them in. Which yeah, did they, just generated so much in sales. Yep. And know? I think I think we I I think we will slowly increase but I I do also think Sean fucking nails it to where when it comes to the Nissan ratings and, and the FS1 and all oh, that yeah. bullshit, that is still a fucking that that is still that demographic is still very mature. Yeah, that's old. It's, it's really old. Old yeah, forty nine, it, man. It, it's yep. And I and I think that's where like the technology base comes in. Because guess how I watch Bassmaster? Stream it. I stream it. Yeah, and, I stream it because and, they only get a fucking two hour window. Yeah. You, you have a you have an eight to ten hour tournament that gets a two hour window. Yeah. So so I, I stream it. The, I I have like. Again, like from the broadcast side of things, there's a you know, there's a standard. The Nielsen ratings are going to reveal that streaming. It's it, this stuff is still the fucking wild west. You know what I mean? Like you know what you're yep. getting for streams, but is that that information isn't necessarily yep. public record? You well, know what I mean? And another great thing that I'm seeing now, and and Paul Paul uh, PJ just fucking reminded me of it. Yep. You didn't see the fucking high school leagues the college leagues like you do now yeah 
What, what, when was the, did you guys hear of high school fishing, fishing clubs? And, when I was in high school, fishing clubs when you guys were in school? Yeah, when I was in school, no, I never did. But again, PJ, PJ son, I PJ son's in one. He just competed in the nationals. Yep. We call it, we call him the <laughs> Timmy. We call him the hammer. Yeah. I, I believe I, PJ might, he, he, he might correct me on this, but he actually like started that club and actually become an act. Like you have these actual high school leagues mm-hmm. that are going on across the country to where an angler like myself will, will volunteer to take my boat and ride these and be like, Hey man. And he just, I, I do the driving. And then he runs the fucking trolling motor all day. I don't even fish. Yeah. And that's how they get these guys out there. It, 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 it's just so the sport is it, I, I think it's going to take a long time I yeah. I, 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 I this is definitely going to be a fucking you know a marathon not a sprint but I, I, I think we're going in the right direction I hope I pray and I hope I think that what we're seeing is that from the the older generation of whether it be tournament angler or just angler in general I think what we're seeing is that you know, maybe this isn't getting the attention and maybe again, like, because, you know, Sean and I, we're not far from that 49 year old demographic, you know what I'm saying? But I think in reality, um, when you look at it and you say, all right, they've maybe they, they've had that amount of experience and they've maybe seen acquisitions happen. They've seen companies just get dissolved because they weren't able to hang on or, or, or get modified to the point where the quality had changed. They've seen these changes happening and they're just like, it, it's business as usual. They're almost expecting it versus somebody who's really like, again, coming to this from the standpoint of an owner of an independently owned company. Um, who is in the tournament game and granted, like he's got some experience in college as far as tournament fishing. And, and before then, I think even just like local stuff. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is his first go round into tournament fishing, but certainly at this level, certainly at the level where these things are being televised and streamed as the way that they are, you know? So I think that there's some of this perspective does play a role. We got to look at that and say, this is what his perspective is here. And it, you know, it, it's it's just like I look at like, you know, when, when my kids get all fired up about anything, you know, in the world and I look at myself and I'm like, God, when I was that age, I was the same freaking way. And now I look at things a little bit differently because, again, I've seen the ebbs and flows. You know, I, you and I, Sean, lived through the recession of the late 80s into the early 90s. You know what I mean? Um I did too. I just don't remember it. That's what I'm saying. Like we actually saw it, you know, and had to deal with it as like fucking young teenagers and shit. Um, it was it was a different different sort of thing. And I think that you you look at situations like we're dealing with now, and you were able to look at them a little bit differently. But like life is just kind of changing for everybody, and I think that's gonna happen to the sport in general of of competitive fishing. And you know that might mean that there needs to be some sort of regulating party that's like, this is what people are actually watching. We're able to get this information and put this out there so that you can assess your value, if nothing else. Like, just assess your value. Hey, the networks aren't working out for you. Fuck the networks. (laughs) They're going to be gone in a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Utilize the media with the technology that you can. And is it going to be a fun process to adapt? No, it's going to be painful and ugly. (sighs) You know, that, that older demographic don't like change. Yeah. In this, in, in, and unfortunately, you Get know, <laughs> shit has to modernize to, you know, to the, to the current culture and demographic. Yeah. And like, you know, for instance, and, and, and I know Sean's a sports fan. It's like, I don't know. I, I personally, 
I don't like a lot of the shit changes going on in like the NFL or rules and yeah. all that. I, I don't watch basketball and shit, so I don't, but like, I, I, I think they're really, uh, uh, I think they're really pussifying the NFL. You, you know, know what? you know what I mean? In a lot of aspects. And, but and, you know, they are, but what's driving that? The science. I know. I, no, I, I no, know. No, not at all. No, that's, well, what, do that's you mean, what do you mean? What's driving that? Do you think if you're, um, if you're Lay's potato chips, right? Yeah. Do you want to sponsor a program where someone literally dies in front of you? Oh sure. yeah. And and, and, yeah. I, and I get it. And, and and that's why, and that's why I think I understand why the change is because I'm a realist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think enough people are realists. You yeah. know, they just they like what they like, they like what they've had, and they don't want it to change. Mm -hmm. Do I like it? No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, I miss I miss the old days. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, and it's just, I think, I think, uh, you know, I'm just one of those few people that are a realist and understand why things are happening. Whether I like mm -hmm. it or not, I get it. Yeah. All right. We have only, only about a minute left of this. So let's go ahead. We'll finish this and then we'll, we'll can pick up where we left off and add anything else. Hell has that money gone? I'll show you. This is the super rich taking away from our entire industry. And guess what? They're gonna use these short-term tactics to drain every last drop out of it until it's left with whatever it's left with, guys. So if you're a consumer, I would think very strongly about where you spend your hard-earned money and where that's gonna go. If you're a pro tournament fisherman, I'd be looking pretty heavily into some of these companies before you sign on the dotted line and put all of your faith all of your money and all of your career into one pot that could very easily go away. If you're a small business owner, I strongly encourage you to think about the long term before you let these guys think about the short term. And I sure as hell hope after watching this, next time you open your mouth and talk about growing the sport, you think a little bit more in depth about how you can actually grow the sport instead of shrinking it. Mic drop. Yeah. Great. How, how do we do that then? That's that's a lot of tough words. How do we do that? I think in, Talk to in, and that that's exactly it. I think that that's what what needs to be picked up this conversation following. Right. And right. this I, is I where think, I want to formally invite Ben Milliken to join us yeah. on the show yep. and have a conversation. Let's talk about that because I want to talk to somebody who is an owner of a giant independently owned fishing brand who's on yeah. their own and what they have for suggestions to what we can do with it. Like it's great to shine the light on the problem, but Ben's in a situation where he can actually say, so what can we do here? You know what I mean? And, and so, and, and I think you nailed it. Six cents is kind of getting out of that startup company phase. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of, they're out of that five year mark. And I think, and, and I love Ben. I fucking love yeah. Ben Milliken. I am a huge supporter. I'm an MFR. Um, but I think yeah, he's you also are. having it. I think, yeah, I think what a lot of things I got from this is I think he's struggling with the fact that, yeah. and I'm glad Sean brought this up is the fact that our country works on capitalism. hundred percent. It fucking sucks, but it just does. That's just the way well, it is. I yeah. mean, what's the, what's the alternative? Like we, we, if I'm running a business, right. Yeah. And my or, business I, sucks. I, like, am I just going to turn around and say, Hey, big guys, don't buy me out. 
Hey, give me yeah. a handout. Yep. Like, what yeah. the fuck yep. is that about? Yep. No, I agree. I, I, and I'm, it, no. I'm, I'm not arguing the at all. I get it. And I think again, like, because he is a business owner, yeah, or a part business owner, it's a little tougher. It's yeah. always a little tougher. You know what I mean? Like, I. Like I love the guys over at Fresh, but if fucking Pure Fishing comes over and offers them fucking millions of dollars, it's going to be real tough to say no. Like obviously, yeah. I you know I know those guys directly, and as you know a pro staffer, I can you know I can call John or Tony and be like, hey, you know, blah blah blah, and you know Pure Fishing buys them. I can't, you know, that kind of that that might go away. So yeah. I, I get that aspect, um, but I think at the same time, Ben kind of struck. I, I think there's a lot more to this video. Then we know. I think that I, I I think that we've only we've only peeled back that first layer yeah, of the this, onion. This is the and tip it, of the it, iceberg I, for sure. Yep, and, and I think it left. I respect the video. Yep. Um. I did. I there were like Sean said there were a lot of things I'm like, uh, but there were a lot. But I, I I respect the aspect that in my mind I think he was trying to explain yeah. how this happens to the average fisherman that might not get it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I it did, but at the same time, like you said, Bobby, I wish he would come on the show and we could we we could really Have like a, kind of yeah. uh, press him. Yep. And and and, and, and granted, you know, it, Six Sense again is not that startup company anymore. So there's probably a lot of NDAs and bullshit like that where he there's a lot of shit he can't speak sure. to. But God, I wish we could just get inside his brain and be like, well, what was the real yeah I'd love reason to. behind love this to. video? Yeah. And and I think so. What I'd like to do, guys, if we could, before we wrap this segment up, is let's go just round round table here and give your final thoughts on like what what it was like surmise like after that for the listener. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just like I just said, like I, I respect the video. Uh, I respect Ben. I think you know, in my mind, I think he was really trying to dumb it down for the. I don't want to use the word dumb it down, but really trying to specify the the root cause of you know some of their concerns mm -hmm. into a way that they might understand um but like sean was saying i think there are still some uh questions that need that should be answered mm -hmm. i think there are still i i think this is going to cause as many questions as answers from this video mm -hmm. um but at the same time, unfortunately, and it's just not the fishing industry. You know, this shit's, yeah. I, I love that he did explain it in that way, but this is how it is for everything. I mean, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> if I knew we were going to get in this depth, I would have brought my wife down here because this is what she works in. She's every, in the every, comments. Every, she, <laughs> we're going to get I, to I some she of her stuff. Yeah. So th this is the shit that she deals with each and every day. Yeah. This exact shit that we're just talking about on, on a much larger, on a much larger scale. And we talk about this shit quite a bit. And um, yeah, man, it's just the way it is. It's just it, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, it sucks on some aspects. It's great on others. Um, but you know what? I'm always gonna. I'm obviously I'm gonna buy from the bigger companies, but I'm always gonna support the smaller companies. Yeah. That's just how I am. Uh, every every fucking company on my jersey is a small company that I don't. You know, I don't ask. You know, they might give me a discount or whatever, but I don't ask for anything. I yeah. do it because I support them. You know, the A bays, the fresh baits, the hooks, the hoodlums, the bog hogs, you know, th those companies I fucking support every day because I want to see them get to that point, like the six cents is at. Even like Beast Coast. Beast Coast is on that fucking where they the, where they survived. They didn't buy it, they didn't sell out, yep. and they are fucking growing. You, you know, I want I want 
each and every one of those companies to be right up there in that top tier. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, I'm a little shorter, simpler, and sweeter. Um, again, this was my first exposure to Milliken's um, content. Yep. And Joe, to echo what you said, I have a lot more questions that I have answers because to me, this seemed like a shot at capitalism and a shot really focusing in on 2020, which I don't think is the case. So I'm a little more confused than straight as to how, you know, how this is affecting the competitive fishing industry. And I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely see this being, you know, I think that this is a, a video that's poignant and it raises, it really sort of, Gives a little bit of perspective of to like actual issues that cause like situations with pro staff deals and the money moving behind the scenes. But there are more, you know, details that are that that lay out there that I don't think this necessarily covered on. Um, Do I think that this is an eye opening video uh, that corporate greed is fucking terrible? No, I don't think this is eye opening at all. I think that for the youngest of content viewers, yes, this is going to give them some insight as to what sucks. But, you know, I've seen fucking Walmart move into my fucking town and send out every fucking local owned store. You know, I've seen giant grocery store chains show up in town where the locally owned place now disappears like this happens and you know it's just the way that 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 corporate kind of draw is you know and it is it is what it is and if i can leave this with any sort of like advice for what people can do it's to look at those independently owned uh companies of all kinds Look at that independently owned business. We just had small business Saturday, and I feel like there is a whole lot of irony with this video coming out here because it fits perfectly. Like, support your local business, do what you can, whatever it is. Um, But when it comes to fishing, yeah, this is a great opportunity to look at that smaller handcrafted company in here and support them, you know, because... You don't know. They may have turned down an absolutely huge payday because something didn't sit right with them, you know? And I think that ultimately at the end of the day, like that's that's where you do the best business is away from that corporate element. But that's, again, that's just fucking punk rock Bobby Rose Beef saying, fuck the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. But I think as far as all this shit, we're, you know, there's only so much you can change. Some motherfucker's going to go eat it at Chili's. Somebody, you know what I mean? For one reason or another, they're going to go and do it. You can't necessarily stop them from doing it. They probably don't give a shit uh, about the outcome of it, but somebody's going to go and do it. So it, it is what it is. We have to just kind of make the best choices that we can, you know, and the things that you can do to grow the sport. There's a lot of things that you can do, do to grow the sport. I think a lot of these content creators are doing a lot of it right now, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I think, think the sport's trying to figure itself out right now. Yeah. I think it's, it's like That's adolescence at the sports are like, yep. oh my God, I got hair growing in places I don't know what the yeah, fuck's going the, on. The what happened to my fucking boys? The, 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 the tidal waters are meeting up and they're just trying to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big, brackish, disgusting mix of commerce. 100%. 100%. <laughs>
It's an orgy of commerce. It is. Gross. Oh. So, oh, no, it's a uh, soup kitchen of commerce. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we are going to take a short break, guys. We're going to come back to our second segment. We've got uh, all kinds of good stuff for you. We're going to talk uh, some tips in just the tip. Uh, we have uh, an FTG segment this week about an absolute true degenerate. What? I, I, again, I said it in the intro. I can't believe that we're still talking about this shit, but we are, even this time of year. So you trust me, you want to stick around for this in our FTG segment. And then uh, we're going to figure out if we have something to talk about in gear of the week. This might be interesting. Maybe we'll talk about we some do. six cents. We do. Oh, all right. We do. <laughs> I love it, man. We're, we'll be back guys. Don't go too far. we got much more jigs and bigs coming up right after this. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We're excited to offer Jigs and Bigs listeners a 15% off savings on your first installment of a month-to-month subscription to Dark Horse Tackle just by using the code JIGSANDBIGS15. Dark Horse Tackle provides a monthly supply of small batch craft and custom lures, allowing anglers to try some otherwise tough-to-discover baits. This is the stuff you're not going to find just anywhere. And Dark Horse Tackle does the hard part for you. They track down these small companies and then test the baits to determine if it's a good enough fit for the Dark Horse Tackle community. You can also build your own box with Dark Horse Tackle. Select your own baits in a BYOB and try it before you subscribe or just pick up some past baits that you may have missed out on from previous boxes. Jigs and Bigs listeners can save 25% on a BYOB using the code JNBBYOB25. Subscribe now and build your own box at DarkHorseTackle.com. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories by Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakutak, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade your kayak fishing experience. White glove delivery also available. Visit ThreeBellsOutfitters.com for more information and do not forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. Next, we need to thank A-Bay Lure. A-Bay Lure, a quality product at a quality price. Painted by a fishing fanatic who just wants to see you catch fish. You can get your own custom painted lures with a 20% off savings using the code JIGSANDBIGS at checkout. Visit abaylure.com to order. But wait, there's more. Have you always wanted to fish the famed St. Lawrence River? Well, stay in our Alexandria Bay at either the Bay House Apartment or the Ship Motel. Links for booking can be found in the description of this podcast. Reaction Tackle is the Jigs and Bigs approved source for tungsten, all types of fishing line, a variety of fishing storage and accessories, and a whole lot more. Reaction Tackle provides high value for your money. Click the affiliate link in the description of this podcast to check out their wide selection right now. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. All links and codes are listed in the show notes of each podcast. Hey, you. Yeah, you. 
the one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Roast Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. Bobby, Sean, and who the fuck is Joe Brown now have a special presentation for us all. It's time for Just the Tip. All righty, guys. Bobby Rose Beef here uh, for Jigs and Bigs with our Just the Tip segment. And this week, uh, what I want to talk about, we kind of touched on this earlier in the year, but I think it is really, really, really important, guys, is um, we, you know, dressing for the elements. And I bring this up because... We're in a situation now where a little bit of excessive wind can make you really, really cold, really, really, really fast. A cloudy day means you're going to be freezing your ass off if you don't have that sun. So think about the things that you're wearing. And that's what this tip is about. And I bring this up. I went fishing with my buddy Paul. And you can in segment one, we talked about this. Uh, and I told him early on in the week, I was like, dude, bundle up. It's going to be cold. It got down to about 18 degrees overnight that night. We left and I said, I'm not leaving super early. I want that sun to be up for a little while because it's going to be really cold. Luckily, we had wind the day prior that had kind of moved out and it got much, 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 much better as far as wind was concerned, like five, six miles an hour for the occasional gusts that we would get. But it was pretty chill for the most part. Um, I told him I was like, and in the past, he's shown up and been unprepared, you know, so I had like a insulated sweatshirt as a backup. I keep this in my truck all the time in case like one of the girls is with me or my wife is with me and she's cold. She can throw this on and, you know, it's it's a it's an extra layer. And that's what I want to talk about, guys, is layers. There's a science to this. What you want to avoid is moisture on your skin, because once your 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 skin gets wet, you are then immediately going to be miserable. You're going to be cold as hell. So you want something that wicks moisture away. Synthetic material or a natural material like uh, wool, specifically like Merlino wool, is really, really, really comfortable for a lot of folks. It's expensive. Your boy, Bobby Roast Beef, likes to go synthetic. I uh, There's just polyester, thermal underwear. I'm actually I'm wearing a base layer right now because it's cold in my basement. But it's just one of these little like waffle pattern style shirts right under there. Um, it's a small layer, but what's warming you up is the air in between those layers. So the first thing you put on, you want to make sure that it's going to wick moisture away from you and keep you dry. Get that moisture up and off of you so that way it can evaporate and it will keep you warm in that process. You put that layer on. Then I usually throw on some type of a performance t-shirt. Hooks at Hoodlums happens to make my favorite performance t-shirt. It's got their logo with a cool camo outline bass on the back. I put that on as just an addition thin layer in between, you know, just in between to kind of give again, more air. Then after that, I'll put on my mid layer. My mid layer is usually uh, a, a, 
a fleece sweatshirt, something that is synthetic, again, to wick moisture, get it away from your skin. So right now I'm wearing this Aftco Reaper hoodie, and this is this is a, uh, a fleece, uh, it's like a performance hoodie. Uh, it's heavier material, and it's unbelievable. It's This alone is warm as can be. Um, I then, on a real cold day like we had on Friday, I actually wore the the pants for my base layer, and uh, I even the even the the underwear that I wear, and this is TMI, but the underwear that I wear are performance underwear. They're all synthetic completely. So if I sweat at all, and I'm a fat shit, I'm gonna sweat walking up a hill. I want this to immediately pull this moisture away from me so that way it can evaporate that much quicker. Um, I also want to manage what I'm wearing. And I mentioned this because we walked quite a way in. And as I was walking, I realized I'm like, damn, dude, it's I'm warm. So I took my hat off and I walked with my hat off for a little while. Then I took my outer layer. My, I had a, a shell that I was wearing that's uh, uh, it's a more of a wind barrier than anything. But with it on, it's unbelievably warm. It's another AFCO. It's a jacket. Um, it's the Reaper, the Reaper jacket. It's a zip up. It's got waterproof zippers, all kinds of stuff, but it really does a great job as far as like blocking that wind from just cutting right through everything else. It's fantastic. And I took that layer off and I hung it through my tackle bag while I was walking on my way and I was much, much more comfortable. We got back to where we were fishing. We had the sun on us and I'm wearing a bunch of black and dark colors. That sunlight is keeping me relatively warm, but I'll tell you what, that sun moved behind some clouds and it was a different animal. I immediately put my jacket back on and zipped up and kept fishing. So it's these types of things, uh, you know, and even even with your feet, like I like to, I'm a big fan of wool socks. Merino wool, wool socks are amazing. Uh, I wear them year round. Um, they're not, you're not going to die in them, but you know what? I'm also wearing them in a pair of insulated waterproof boots that if I happen to step into a puddle or, you know, I maybe have to, you know, uh, you know, maybe I actually stick my foot in the pond a little bit. I'm not getting my foot soaked, um, uh, you know, unless I go up a certain level and it goes over the top of the boot, then I'm screwed. But this is all an effort to kind of give you an example of, of what is an effective plan for layering. Um, and the material is a huge proponent in you having a better experience overall. Overall, if you wear a bunch of cotton, if you're wearing, you know, a cotton t-shirt and or, or a, a long sleeve with a cotton t-shirt over it, then maybe a Henley over that and then a, then a flannel, all of that, all of that cotton material, once it gets wet, it's it's game over. It's not going to wick anything from you and it's going to lose all the, those insulating properties. Cotton is the enemy. Stay away from it, especially if you're dealing with water at all or pers pers uh, perspiration you sweat at all it sucks you're gonna have a terrible terrible experience um i am bobby roast beef that about does it for just the tip do you guys have anything you want to chime in on as far as layers go i still use all the shit i've gotten issued over the years from the military well that's my... yeah that's <laughs> that's, uh, that's until good. that shit has like a million holes in it that's yeah. what that's what i'll be using um, Bobby, I agree with you hundred percent for fishing off land. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for on the water, the exact opposite, wear a wetsuit and sweat in it. It's going to keep you warm and it's a flotation device. And then that layer is, up after that. That is a perspective. <laughs> yes, it is. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to it guys. This is a good one. Now, I, I, 
I told you guys in advance, like, you know, what this this was all about here. And I got to tell you, this FTG came in just today. It came in early today, and I was absolutely just blown away with how ridiculous this this. I feel bad for the caller having to deal with such a degenerate piece of shit. Um, right. I mean, I'm not alone in thinking this. Right. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and do it. And uh, listen, to, listen to this. This is going to this is going to piss some people off. Gentlemen, Matt Fair from Rhode Island, uh, you know, the Klondike guy. What's happening? Bobby Sean and the other fucking guy, Joe. Um, what I'm calling about is to uh, talk about an FTG. I mean, no, never mind. Not an FTG. Sorry. Um I want to talk about wishing our good buddy Patrick Martin his thirty not his second thirty ninth birthday. <laughs> not his fortieth, his his second thirty ninth birthday. You know, it's like it's almost like a thirty nine squared, almost. You know, with like a little two. Um, yeah. So again, I want to wish my good buddy Pat happy birthday. And uh, I wish you guys a good rest of the show. Disregard my first message, though. <laughs> this one was almost as equally bad. The first one was really <laughs> terrible. You guys rock. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't change for anybody. Again, happy birthday, Pat. I yeah. love I love that dude. <laughs> he is fucking happy great. Happy birthday, dude. Pat. Happy birthday, Pat. Happy birthday, Pat. We knew all along. We're bastards. Uh, that is awesome, man. I, I'm I'm psyched. Um, Pat and uh, and and Matt are going to be at the 200th show together, uh, which is awesome. I'm psyched to see them. We're gonna have such a good time. I'm stoked. I'm really really looking forward to it. We got uh, another segment here that we gotta crank right through, and I, it's it's one that uh, I'm I'm excited about. I'm I'm really excited about. Let's see what we got. Okay, gearheads, it's time to talk tools. Jigs and Bigs Gear of the Week. What do we got, Joe? Almost forgot to take myself off mute. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so this week, uh, I'm going to talk a little gear. Um, this week, I'm going to talk the Bubba Tournament Scale. Oh, okay. Right here. Oh, shit. You're not going to be able to... You, you can't see the screen on, uh, on, on, the, on the camera here. But so the ter Bubba Tournament Scale, I actually bought it alongside their mm -hmm. uh, cult tags. And, the, and basically what this does is it's a touch screen. I'd gone from the Rapala tournament scale mm -hmm. over to the Bubba. Um, Josh Codier had talked me into it. Man, this thing, this thing was awesome when I was down in uh, Lake Hartwell for the national championship. Real quick, I would I would I would uh you know, I would I would measure the fish that I had. I'd put it on the color of the uh, the cold tag I had, yep. and it made calls so much quicker, so much you know easier. And when I would go and hit the scales at the end of the day to weigh in, it was like right onto their scale. So I, I basically knew exactly what I had by the end of the day. Um, God. Dang, I wish you guys could see the screen, but you can't. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, so the it it, it it's a bubble scale. It kind of comes in this like uh, this pistol grip, you know, format. The big thing I like is it, you know, it doesn't have the hooks. It, it has this. Uh, I'm sorry, it doesn't have like the the metal hook that goes in. It has the the the, the, the fish grip. grip. Yep. 
Um, yep, it, it, it's tight. It holds the fish, even if they're like flopping around. Um, and I just, I loved how accurate it was, at least mm-hmm. to the scale that I had during my, uh, during my tournaments down at Hartwell. Um, comes in this awesome box. Um, it is rechargeable. It's no rechargeable. Shit. Comes with a spare battery. Oh, um, oh. yeah. Yeah, it comes with a spare battery. Comes in that box. What's the price it's point pricey. on that? Uh, it was like 200 bucks. Okay, okay. But so, I mean, again, it's, that backup battery is a big deal. Yep, but it has a, it had a great, I, I don't remember the warranty off the top of my head, but I remember it being an awesome warranty. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what, uh, you know, and again, I, like, uh, it's, it's all, it also has Bluetooth. And I'm not that I do this on, uh, during tournaments because we, we actually aren't allowed to like be on our phones all the time, especially if you have a co, co angler. But uh, you can like do shit through your phone on it and whatnot, and kind of yeah. see what you're doing there. You can actually log shit to the app, like uh, like for my three day tournament, I could log it on my phone and know exactly what I had, like first day, second day. Gotcha. It, it, you know, it logs it in there. Um, yeah, it, it's a pricey purchase, but it, it was it was a great purchase. I'm glad I did it. Um, again, I did it with the cull tags that you know. I, I don't. The cold tags are still in the boat. That's one thing I didn't mm-hmm. take out when I took out all my shit today. Yeah. Um, I love the cold tags. They're super tight. They didn't come off. Like I, I was using TH Marine cold tags before. Um, they were good, but the fish would shake them off a lot, and then I'm oh, freaking really? in there fishing yeah. for them and whatnot. Yep. Um, these ones they don't. They're actually like a uh, almost like a rubber like plastic uh, material. There's no metal on them. Um, so they're very light, you know, less stress to the fish. Um, and again, like I said, they're color coordinated to the scale itself. So, you mm-hmm. know, you know exactly if you do it the right way by the color on the scale with your cull tags, you know exactly which fish to throw back. Um, so you're That's not nice. sitting there measuring a bunch of fish to figure it out. It's it's very quick, very easy exchange. Um Great purchase. I'm glad I made. Definitely look into them, Bubba. Uh, Bubba tournament scale. If you have any questions about it, uh, you know, reach out to me on the show, socials, and I'll uh, explain it a little better. That's freaking awesome, dude. Nice. I for a minute when you said Bubba, I thought you were going to talk about like <laughs> one of those ridiculously oversized like cooler mugs. Oh god! You know what I mean? And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> no, 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 not today. And not when to, you maybe brought next that, week. when you brought that over the desk, I was like, "Why is he getting a Milwaukee Ratchet set right now?" Because <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> Guys, want to see the sweet drill I just got? <laughs> Gear of the Joe, week. I, I have some unfortunate breaking bad news for you. Bubba was just purchased by Kraft Foods. Corporate douche at Kraft Foods has just announced that they own Bubba now, and they will be canceling all of it. Fuck your words. Craft oh. <laughs> Foods and Exxon Mobil. Just <laughs> yes, and Coca Cola. Coca Cola just purchased Bubba Scales, and they're raising the price to three ninety nine now. But it includes your, a sticker. Fuck your face, Joe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, this is going to be good. This is going to be good, guys. We're going to take another short break. We're going to come back, and we're actually going to filter through some of these comments that y'all have been making while we were doing that react through Ben uh, Milliken's latest video regarding the corporatization of the fishing industry and uh, the, the, the unforeseen future and all that other scary stuff. We'll be back in a bit. Don't go too far. Much more. Jigs and Bigs coming up right after this. 
Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. I want to talk to you about Frostbuddy. What Frostbuddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto Frostbuddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce Tallboy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. It, the thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs and big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy. and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. Guys, here we are, segment number three. Now, normally you would hear an interview with a guest right here, but I knew that we had a hot, hot, hot topic going this week. So uh, we're going to bump our interview for next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a guest to put in that spot. But what we're going to do now is kind of discuss uh, some of your comments that had come through while we were doing that react, kind of giving our own stuff. So we're going to be going through your comments that you had made to things that we had said to kind of weigh in and respond a little bit. Um, and again, this is tonight. 
tonight's show is not only going to the Jig Heads and the Jig Head exclusive YouTube feed, uh, it's also going public on our Facebook cha- uh, Facebook page as well for anybody there who wants to jump in because we got a lot of folks that are on Facebook that follow us, and we appreciate you guys, and you deserve a little bit of that because we appreciate you on Facebook for following us on this page. Um, it is awesome. So let's go ahead and chime in. And the first point where we started getting some comments right here um, – uh, is where uh, really Dan Griffin chimed in and it was where we I th- we were having that conversation about cheating and live scope and he says live scope is not cheating I've noticed that it is a tease most of the time and then he follows it up to say uh to another comment that had come in not if you know your spots or sonar really well uh, and I think that was a response to you know it's the two of you guys saying like live live scope is not cheating you know and your feedback there. And Sean, like when Sean uh, was using his, you know, talking about using the forward facing sonar early in the year where you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, you, you said like a big reason you were using it is to find those uh, weed edges. I actually did a little video showing how clear weed edges were. It helped. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like every, everyone uses it a different way. Like very rarely, so one thing, one thing that will drive you fucking nuts with a, that I, for me, that drives me nuts for yep. forward facing sonar. If I, if I focus on one fish in a, in a spot and just try to watch it fucking take my bait. Yeah. That'll drive me batshit crazy. You waste I've done time. I, I've yeah. I've done the best and being like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm marking some fish right here. I see what they're doing. You can see what they're doing. They're the act in live time. See what the activity, uh, they're, they're kind of their mannerisms, their their activity, whatnot, and then I'll go from there. Mm. And then and that's when I kind of that's when I kind of be like, okay, now let's go back to what I know. Not like being like, oh fuck, he didn't like this. Oh gosh, he just didn't even look at that. Yeah. Oh man, because for those of you who don't have forward facing sonar and plan on getting it soon, be prepared to get frustrated because. Biggest frustration, I'm sure Sean has saw this a million times or anyone else that has, uh, I know Dan has, you won't believe how many fucking fish follow your bait and yeah. don't take it. You cannot dwell on that because it'll drive you batshit crazy. Yeah. I've, so, I've never seen that. Never seen a bait. Oh, oh gosh. I, I see it. Ever- I see it all the time. It, it, and I don't, a lot of them I don't think are bass, I will say. Um, but yeah, I, I have seen that quite a few times um yeah it's not cheating if if everyone if everyone has access to it it's not cheating throwing fucking throwing fucking four ounce weights in a in your fish is cheating fucking setting up a lobster trap in the lake before you go in there with a couple four pound fish that's fucking cheating any breaking of the rules if it's in the rules and you can use it and you yeah or if, if 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 there's something prohibited in a rule set and then you use it that's cheating yeah it's 100%. not cheating if it's in the rules 100 percent the, the difference is it comes down to resources. It yeah. really, really does. And, <laughs> and I, I can't tell you how much I've seen this. So, like, you go to a tournament, right? Joe, what are what are some of the big boat rules for pre-fishing? Uh, it's usually, it depends. It's usually a t- – so, like, it's a time frame. It's a t- you can't touch this lake within a, a certain amount of time. That's, that's, gotcha. that's the big rule. Okay, but so, like – is there an is there a, is there a a um, prohibition on the other end? If you wanted to, 
Could you show up at, you know, where's the, where's your championship for this this coming year? Uh, Lake Murray. Okay. So if you wanted to, could you leave tomorrow and just go live at Lake Murray and fish it every day until the championship? 100%. You could, right? Yep. Okay. So let's say you have a job that allows you to do that. Let's say you can mm -hmm. go to Lake Murray and you can work eight hours a day and fish at the same time or mm -hmm. fish and go to Lake. But like Bobby can only get up there to pre-fish for the week prior. Right. Is that, is that a, 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 I'm not going to say advantage because we went over that two years ago and I'm still not touching that word. Is that a difference in resources? Oh, of course. Right. Time and or money for staying down there. Yeah. All right. Yep. That that person who's down there more often might do better because they know the lake a little better. Yep. Because yep. they've spent more time there. Yep. Um, or what about just look at it as a local and then somebody traveling yeah. to that lake? Exactly. And there, you know what it, I mean? It, it, like the That's lake not even well, a money issue. You know, it's just a location, you know, where you are. Yeah, it's resources. Yeah. So that person does not have to expend as much resources mm -hmm. and time and money to get that you know, get to get that, that, that feel for the bite or get yep. the knowledge of the lake when it comes to, um, a lot of these travel tournaments that I was doing, you'd see guys that would go out there for two weeks in advance. Yeah. And I, you combine that with another resource of, you know, side scan and live scope plotting a lake and you can do that Yeah, by yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then if you do it with a couple other people, you're starting to get into a gray area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So Joe, yeah. are you going to go down there? You're going to call up, like you're going to say, Dan, Hey, we're both fishing individually in our boats at, at Lake Murray. Let's yeah. go down there three months in advance and plot the whole thing, share the information. That's yep. where shit gets dicey. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. It's the pre-fishing. It does definitely get dicey. The one thing I will say is league that I'm in, you're not allowed to have your phones during the tournament. Yeah. Not to say that we have, you know, a, a, a a field full of marshals, like ensuring that. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, well, let's say you and Dan talk on, yep. you know, before you get down there, you say, Hey dude, we can't talk, but you're going to go up this, this channel in this Creek on Monday. I'm going to go up this one on the other. Yeah. See you at dinner with our laptops and the, the SD cards. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's uh, yeah. the kind of shit that goes on. Yeah. And is yeah. that fair? That's right. where, that's where you start asking right. about cheating. Like, especially yeah. if it's again, a single tournament. Or a single with a boater. Yep. Do you yep. know, shit happens and it sucks. <laughs> and, yep. and that's that's oh, where yeah. I get bent out of shape with yeah. fair contests. But that's where I get into cheating. You know what I mean? But that's uh, neither here nor there. You know, Metal Jones chimes in. He goes, the advantage is in the angler skill with the tools, not just the tools that they have. Yeah, my take on, on forward-facing sonar is that it's not fucking all Infinity Stones. Like, you know what I mean? It's not that thing. It's yeah. a newer yeah. computer is what it yep. is. And... It you know, like that, that's the whole thing. It's not just, it's not having it. That's going to make you good. It's knowing how to use it and use it to your advantage. Uh, oh, that, that was taboo, but yes, utilizing that resource in the best way possible to give yourself an edge in the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And you yep. use that according to the rules. I mean, you, really, how do you fucking fight <laughs> that? Go I've ahead. Said a thousand, I've said it more than once on this show. There's nothing that scares me more when I show up to one of these tournaments, then me showing up in my nice flashy skeeter. But then I see the older guy pull up in the late eighties, early nineties, fucking bass tracker, like shitty fucking bass boat. 
that guy scares me more than anybody else on that yeah, fucking exactly. lake. Exactly. As he should. As he should. <laughs> Uh, Dan Griffin also throws in there while we were talking about this. He says, do these people realize you don't have to buy a $90,000 boat? There are plenty out there that are affordable. I bought mine because I am very invested in what I love and try to make a check. I know I did well enough uh, this year to afford what I love, which is, again, like it's it's your money. You can spend it the way that you want. You know, um, I just feel like. As a lot of, I'll say in general, I think Americans, <laughs> not just um, tournament fishermen, like to kind of keep up with the Joneses. And oftentimes yeah. we create this own myth that I I have to be using the highest tier stuff. Um, I'm not going to out this person uh, that reached out to me regarding podcasting uh, equipment and gear about microphones. Um, and I asked, I said, are you doing a USB connection? Are you looking to get some type of an interface with an XLR or anything? And the conversation I kind of ended at that because I was busy, they're busy, I get it. And then I got a message and they bought really fucking nice gear. Like really fucking nice gear. But that is not needed. This is a $40 condenser microphone. I just know <laughs> what to fucking do with it. Hey, we Bobby, got chill, we got chill on the expensive boat talk because yeah. my wife's listening. Fair so, enough. Yes, you need that boat. You, you need, need that expensive boat. You need boat. it. Well, I mean, you know, if you want to not delaminate on you. <laughs> Bobby, I'm, I'm thinking of picking up the guitar again. I really never got good at it in the yep. first place, but I'm going to start with a 1965 Les Pauls. What do you think? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell you. That's the whole thing. I'm not going to tell you that that guitar is going to play like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid telling you that that guitar is going to play like butter and probably feel the best of any guitar you're ever going to own because that's a fact but you don't have to learn on that yeah. and that's the point you don't have to learn on that you don't have to catch fish on the the best gear you can get like you know there's there's plenty of of perfectly adequate tools at your reach and at your ability that you can, you know, figure out if it's even for you before you start. I see this with like the overlanding community all the time. You know, when people go out and buy a brand new vehicle and immediately are like, I'm throwing a rack on and a rooftop tent. They've never fucking had to climb down a ladder to take a piss at night. For real. Like that's how it is. People will spend, and those things are like, like, like uh, an average price is like 2,500 bucks for a, for a fucking tent that you might hate <laughs> fucking dealing with. You know, when it when it comes to the fishing the community, I, I hope Meg's not listening still. When it comes to the fishing community, people buy those boats because they don't want to have any issues. Yeah. A lot of the time. Like, yeah. Guess what? Guess who had issues this year? Yeah. Fucking me. Yep. The Brand new boat. New boat. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's just the way it is yeah. with anything. Yeah. A hundred percent. This is one I, we're just talking about Meg. Meg had chimed in. And she says uh, the industry also took advantage of this boom. The prices tripled in a short time and most were selling junk to people that didn't know any better. It's sad to see so many novice anglers get screwed. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I've kind of feel like that leans right into that capitalism conversation. Like a lot of times you just have like the lowest possible quality just in the vast availability that people can get their hands on. And they're like, Oh, I lost another crankbait. I guess I have to buy another one. And they just, they sort of realize like this shit is, I remember there was a time where if I wasn't fishing, if I was like, well, I guess I got to go drop another $40 in baits. Cause I'd break everything off, you know? And you know, yeah. When I'm out bank fishing here and there, I might lose a bait, but I'll tell you what, it's much more rare now, you yeah. know? Yeah. <sighs> 
Yep. The price, like going off that and her and I have this conversation, like it's one of our, you know, lame conversations that we have because that's what we do. Um, they up the prices because they can, because they know people are going to buy it just like gas. Yeah. They could put, they could put it fucking $10. We're still going to buy it. Cause we can't, we have to food. It's up there. We have to buy food. Yeah. We can't not have food. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? They do it because they can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess we're going to put the, put the, put the pressure on them. This is uh God, this is a trip down memory lane. Gravy fishing says small batch bait companies are popping up everywhere and then they can't or don't fill orders. I, oh, shit. I, I will say this gravy <laughs> shots fired <laughs> shots fired a hundred percent um I will say oh. no seriously <laughs> I will say that uh this is the 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 minority of those bait companies and it gives a bad name to the to the to the smaller startups that are just getting going and it sucks there's bait companies out there that people have have issues with we've expressed issues in the past with some of these companies that are just a mess um and you know it's just it's shitty and it it just sucks that that's the situation but there are infinitely more bass more bass fishing bait companies that will take great care of you over and over and over again repeatedly and i think that's where and i i don't mean to make this sound like a sales pitch but that's where a resource like a dark horse tackle that's going to give you a little bit of experience with this to try it out and figure it out because trust me they've got big enough orders where if there's a problem you're you're going to probably know about it yeah it, it's it's a it's a small batch guy that just doesn't know when to say no, no, or like, yeah, hey, I can't, I can't do that. Or you know, help. Perfect example. Yep, Dan works with a company. Um, I'm not gonna throw him out there, yeah. but you know, he was he was doing real well at like sharing their stuff and whatnot, and was like, hey, man, can you kind of like tone it down a little bit? Like, I can't keep up. And it's like it's all about being able to say no. Like, hey, I yeah. can't do it. I can't because you know the the shots fired. Where I mean, we all know we all we all were involved in that in yeah. one way or another. So it, it was just like couldn't say no. And you have to be able to. Yeah, you need to. It's it, it is. It's crazy. And it's like there are people who are in business that are just like, oh, it's a great problem to have. No, in in the situation where it gets to like what Gravy's talking about, it's a terrible problem to have because then you're playing these games with your customers and your reputation's going in the toilet, which which really really sucks. And we're 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 talking about a specific situation. One specific and that situation. Also had yeah. a whole other. Yeah, there's a lot involved in that. Yeah, yeah. Like even like even like PJ from Boghog. Like if he if I ask for something, he can't produce it. He's gonna tell me. He's gonna tell me, or he's gonna give me a. He's gonna give me a realistic time frame. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not like oh, I'll have this done for you in three days. Paul 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 Russell's chiming in on this, and Paul, I get we all get what you're saying. We're talking about a a specific instance where maybe the business owner shouldn't have been in the business. There was a lot of weird shit going on that was not just abnormal for a business, but possibly abnormal for a human. There was some weird shit going on. So, Paul... PJ, I'll take- fill you in on the back end. I'll fill you yeah, in on this the was, back end. That sounds... Yep. Uncle, it was fucked are up. Are you guys unvoting, inviting an Uncle Frank? Oh, that did sound kind of <laughs> That sounded fun. We don't want Uncle Frank. Up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, I want to chime uh, chime in over. Dan Griffin throws a few things in there. He goes, I'm definitely a small bait guy. Uh, they're the ones that help me out the most. I, I agree. I think that generally you're going to get with smaller companies, you're going to get great stuff. But again, like you don't need to have everybody's shit. You know what I mean? Like there's a million companies out there that make, you know, plastic crawls. There's a million companies out there that make jigs. 
experiment with like the abundance of like, oh, if I can't find this, I know that this will get the job done as well. It's helpful to know where you can go versus being like, I don't know anything, you know? Uh, he also says that uh, he misses old glory. And I feel like we can we all, all agree, definitely. Yeah, we all me miss too. old glory. Me too. Um, she also agrees that uh, tracker trailers are absolutely the worst. Um, you know, the thing is, uh, where where do we want to go from here? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, so this is the idea right here, Dan Griffin. He should have invited some small uh, people, bog hogs, somatis baits, uh, anyone to see how that they feel. Yeah, and I think that we're going to be having this conversation again because this is something that I think if if I can't thank Ben enough for this video, uh, for uh, any one specific thing, it would have to be the fact that now we're having this conversation and we can continue to have yeah. this conversation and get more perspective and figure out yep. like, okay, so, so what do we do? Like, we know that this is going on. Like we don't want to fucking sell our souls to the, to, to corporate America. What do we do? Uh, who else do we have in here? Uh, I like this. Paul chimes in. He goes, it's awesomely scary to know that our little jig making business got a letter telling us to cease and desist making one of our baits. And it really kind of pisses you off because we finally figure out how to produce something similar. And they said, nope, uh, we can't make them because the big corporations trademark or put their name on patents. It sucks for the small business because uh, we're just helping local anglers. So, yeah, Joe is right. We, Bog Hog, will absolutely continue to make our, and I think he continues the rest of it, down here. Um, but I agree. I agree, Paul. You know, I and I think that that's, that's one of the things that you can do as a small business owner is don't let that pressure and be ready to, you know, deal with whatever kind of other fallout that has like maybe look into yep. other hardware or other distributors if you have to like they can't take they can't buy everybody you know what i mean yeah. and and really at, eventually at some point they're gonna be in that business and they can't just dissolve every business because somebody's got to have fucking hooks you know what i mean yeah it, 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 we've talked about it on the show before there's only so many fucking ways you can make baits yeah it's true. You know it's what I mean? True. Like, yeah, sure. That like, there's new shit that comes out. Sure. But when it comes to the core baits, the fucking jigs, the fucking soft plastics, the spinner baits, there's only so many fucking ways you can do it. Yep. So then it comes down to the unfortunate thing that you know they that they dealt with, whereas someone reached out to them that has deeper pockets, yep. you know, and sends those threatening letters. You know, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, Meg chimes in. She was like, those companies didn't adapt to social media quick enough. That's that's a fact. That's that ugly that part that of this. pure fishing. Yep, yeah, that was that, that pure stuff. fishing thing, yeah. Um, uh, Dan Griffin says, uh, agree, Paul, don't give up. They can look at your molds and they can see that they are not the same. You just need that little difference. Ask Jamie Somatis what he went through and, and, and told them to fuck off on his soft plastics. That's a good thing. I'm happy you did. Um, Paul also says, any any of us, you guys can buy our molds. Hell, I'll even tell you what web page and hooks. We just love helping and making baits as a hobby and helping out US week us us weekend anglers. And there's so many of us. There are so many of us. Uh ba, ba, ba. Dan says he didn't know that you were aware, Joe, that of your knowledge of mechanics. I'm guessing oh, that, that was, was for the show. the show. Yeah. <laughs> Shot fired. Kind of kind of go back on that last thing. It's like 
the fact that like someone's trying to do what they love when like, you know, cause the people like the bog hogs, the somatis, the, you know, the other small companies, they fucking make baits because they like doing it. Now I'm going to be penalized by some fucking bully. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like you get slapped in the face for doing something you love, you know, yeah. to enrich your experience. Yep. Because I get bored in the winter and I, I want to kind of fuck around and and buy the same mold that you use yours because you never patented the mold so I can get it fucking online. But just because your name, you, you know, it's it's similar to you and you have deeper pockets, I, I, I can't fuck around in my garage to make baits. Like, get the fuck out of well, here. Well, I don't think yeah. they're worried about you fucking around in your garage. They're worried about you selling it. Right. <laughs> that's it, the issue. But, yeah. Yeah, but, that's but the, the same. You know what? You know what? And here's the issue. Yeah, they may, and I would have to look into it. They probably have a patent on the fucking um on, on the uh, maybe the the plastisol fucking ratios and all that fucking scientific bullshit that I know nothing about. But if they were so fucking worried about it, like guess what? The Yamamoto Senko, you can buy the fucking do it mold because it never patented that. Yeah, yeah. So That's get the true. fuck out of here. You know, and it's I, I think there's there's a good point to be made there that like you look at a company like Do It. Who makes who's in the mold business and they sell these things and there's so many plastic companies and yeah. and and jig companies that are using those molds. Yeah, yep. for some reason though, these large corporations aren't going after do it. I don't I don't know. I, I, I as far as I know, I think do it is oh no. Yeah. I believe like yep. for some reason they don't want to go I after so. that. Like Watch out, do it. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. If they could yep. go after every single, my my goodness. But it's 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 just crazy because there are there's companies that will use that mold, and you know, hey, you can make those at home. Maybe the recipe of what yeah. you're using in your lead free alternative is different to lead, and that's why people are drawn yep. to it. Or, or maybe if your weed guard selection is great. There's a recipe there. Maybe it's your fucking skirts, but you're like, yeah, I use a do it mold to make these. Yep. You know, it's. Yep. Yep. There's a rest. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a rattle in this plastic. Oh, whoa, fuck time the fuck you can't do that. We do that. It's it's crazy because I, I really do look at it as almost like if you treat tackle like a recipe, the things that go in there. Well, okay, let's look at something like an underspin. Well, what's the jig head made of? Let's start with that. What hook are you using? Okay, cool. What's the hardware? What's the shape of the blade? How about the size? Uh, you know, all of this stuff. What's the wire keeper like? There's all these other components that can change. And obviously, if there's something that's blatantly standing apart from everything else, then sure, you can go after that and say that's exactly the same thing. But if I'm sorry, like if it's a plastic company have and they're a, making the it, same it, shape, that plastic is going to be a different recipe. It's going to fall differently. It's going to do things differently. It's like an art, you know, look at the fresh baits, guys. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and like like you just said, Bobby, like like oh, I you know, I have this distinguished way that I keep the fucking bait on there. Yeah. Ba ba ba. That's awesome. I think that I think ingenuity like that is fucking great, but guess what you got to do? You got to patent it yeah. because yeah. chances yeah. are somebody's <laughs> going to fucking figure that out too. Somebody's going to be like, "Fuck." Okay. You're yeah, like, and that's and that's where you, you know, and that's where you have a leg to stand on, and that's where you get into that fucking conglomerate, fucking patent oh, yeah. bullshit, government, you know. But it, that's it, it what gets, blows it my goes mind. A lot deeper. Yeah, but. that's what blows my mind about something like jigs. 
You know what I mean? Like how people can even patent a jig, because like I said, there's yeah. so many different variables in there yeah. and there's yeah. so many similarities that are just going to be that way. But you look at something like crankbaits or jerkbaits, baits yep. in general, you take apart the inside and you look at like, how is this bait supported? How is it, you know, how is it working? Is it really the same thing? You know, what's the interior of this bait look like? How are the it, rattles? You yeah. know? The crazy part, and I know, again, I know we talked about it on the show before, but it's like we've talked about it. Like all these big companies that make crankbaits yeah. are all made out of the same three factories yeah. over in China. Well, a, a lot of these these items too, like line, hooks, all of this stuff, like there's, you hear this talks about a lot. What ends up happening is these companies will essentially put in orders for their specs and that company will make it. Yep. So when you get yep. that owner hook versus a Kamagatsu or a Gamakatsu, you know, there's, there's specifications that those brands have put on. So like, this is like when somebody's like, oh, I only like using this hook for something. Yes, it might've come out of the same factory as this other one, but the design behind that came from that company. Same thing with line, like fluorocarbon line is only available for so many companies, but the specs on what a company puts on that line and what comes off and on the spool, even the way it goes on the spool, yeah, that's, you know, there's, there's so many, so like it is the same, but at, at the same time, it's like speakers. <laughs> hey, this is all I'm going to say. And it, this sucks to call out this. Com I just don't care anymore at this point in the yeah. show, but because one of these companies, I actually like both these companies. Yeah. Uh -oh. Take a look at a fucking arc crankbait and then a spro crankbait. Oh yeah. I've noticed that man. Like even the eyes, like even the design That's there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're 100% right. I don't even have yep. to look it up, and I know. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I never even fucking considered that. That is fucking crazy. Um, it's just, it is it is nuts. And also, like, what do you guys think about every company having to have everything? Like, your companies that make crankbaits are also making reels. Uh, I think I think they... Uh, in. Uh, Some some people it works for yeah. most it doesn't. Most it doesn't. Like for instance, um, Dobbins. Dobbins yep. makes a great fucking rod. They do. Then they're like, I'm gonna get into the real game, and their reels get the fucking worst reviews just because they wanted to do it. Yeah. So they now so now they're fucking they 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 have all these rods that and Dobbins rods are phenomenal. They're they, yeah. great rods. Yep. I, I I've I've thrown them. I don't have any because I'm. Like I love my sixth sense, my arc, but uh, oh god, they 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 kind of they even even arc arc went into the real game. There are there's a little bit yeah. better, but uh, fuck, who else went into Savage went into real game? Oh, recently. Savage is doing um, reels now. Savage is in that. the real game. Oh, um, fuck, who else? There's another big rod company that's throwing out real. Oh, I think Spro's making uh fucking reels now. Really? Is it Spro? Ah oh, fuck. I, I I might have that wrong. But yeah, th this last uh this last iCast, the last two iCasts, there was like reels coming from companies. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> I do Bobby, Bobby and I talked about this before we went on air. Shimano makes lures now. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. In uh I think I think why Shimano will be okay is because you know what they can do that these other companies can't? They fucking they they market it as a JDM lure and that's where oh they still get people. yeah that that's true that'll get some attention yep that's yeah. where they still get people yeah yeah because if you're looking at like oh yeah i'm really into this you know the, this jdm kind of stuff although the day you can go and find a jdm bait at walmart that's some shit 
Because I game over. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it you is, can right now. It is Spro. Spro. It is Spro that no came out with the They're doing reels, reels too. Yeah. God, it's yep. nuts, man. It yep. just it it just blows my mind. And people like what they like, and that's awesome. I say go for it. You know, mix it up. It's your fishing arsenal is is a, a, a recipe as well. You know, like you're doing it the way you're doing it. Um, there's some other stuff here. <laughs> Paul Russell says deep conversations. Oh, that's what it was. That was a reply to Colin. Um, that's how there's a lot of shit in here about the stash. There is so much stuff in here about the I, Super Mario, Firefighter. I've heard a lot of other shit popping in here. Uh, what if you're a teenager that just refuses to dress warm regardless? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how, that that happens. Paul Russell chiming in about uh, our, our, our just the tip there. Um, this is pretty crazy. Let's get into some of these other ones. I think Dan Griffin, uh, Garmin Clearview. Um Let's see what we got. Agree with Dan. Some of the issues, unfortunately, with small businesses all work. Yeah, this is another big one. Some of the issues, unfortunately, with a small business, we all have to work full-time jobs, and those baits are a small side hobby. We'd love to fill them as fast as possible, but it happens, and it sucks. It's true. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. But that's one of those deals where it's like when the demand is so high where you need to where it's cutting into your availability because everybody needs time. Like it's one thing to have a hobby, but like you want to spend time with your family. You've got other yep. obligations aside from work. So it cuts into that. It's one of those things where it, that is one of those situations where you kind of have to say, I need to either increase my value to make my time, yeah. make it worth it. Yep. Or I need to bring in somebody else to allow me to kind of share this and grow that way. So it is a challenge and it's, it, it sucks. You know, I mean, it's, it's sort of a little bit of give and take with everything. Do you want to bring another person in there to help you out? But then yeah. you also have this other bit of feedback in maybe providing influence on your vision. Do you not want that? Uh, you got to make those choices on, on what you can do. Or are you, are you going to be that guy that's selling jigs $12 a piece and you're like, I'm going to yeah. quit my job. You know what I mean? <laughs> be, be, being a small batch company that in in gaining popularity can be a blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah. Because you get into that weird gray area to where it's like, fuck, like I, I don't have the time to 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 fill all these orders, but I also yep. am still not making enough to not work my full time job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh Pat says it right here. He goes, I love working uh, with small bait companies. He's like, but at the same time, I only throw a Strike King Ocho for a stick bait because it's worked for me ever since I got into fishing. Some people just, they develop that, you know? And one of the things I was going to talk about before, like we were talking about, like when the Senko got brought up, I'm like, there are people who were like, I'm going to pay money for this, the the Gary Yamamoto's original Senko, um, you know, how what are they, like eight bucks a pack now or something like that? They're up there. Uh, or uh, they're in the same group. You'll find people that are just like, I won't spend that much money. I have all the confidence in the world in this yum dinger. It does the same exact yeah. thing. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, it's like, really? If it, more than anything, it comes down to, can you even find the goddamn fish to put that worm in front of? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, you know, it's like I said, every, there's so many stick baits, just to go on the stick, there's so many stick baits out there that are, have a different name on them, but are virtually the same. But it turns out it's a confidence bait for yeah. you. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's like, that's what, yeah, these two, you have these two baits almost identical, but this, you know, bait A, you've just, you've, 
grew up with that bait. You know, you learned that bait from your dad and, you know, you've just done so well with it. So you're always going to go to that one. I totally get that. I love this. Uh, so Zach chimes in. He goes, no one else makes the Raid Shad. He's like, I bleed small American businesses, but the Raid Shad, LOL. And then he follows it up. He goes, that being said, that's one effective bait in a sea of amazing stuff that's out there. And it's absolutely the truth. You know, one crankbait or one jig or one soft plastic in one angler's hands and that ex somebody else fishing that same spot using the same exact baits, the same exact presentation may not have the same results. And, you know, we hear it all the time. Like, what what could it possibly be? Confidence, maybe. Who, who knows? You know, uh, just timing. Um, what do we have? Fishing the sticks chimes. And he goes, Blackstone, pure fishing, shrug. Blackstone, pure fishing. Are they owned by S&P, Blackstone? Like the, like the grill? That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I fucking love my Blackstone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Although I'll tell you, I'm a camp chef guy all the way. Uh, yeah, I'm a camp chef guy. So it's funny. So I forget who was mentioned. Uh, they were talking about like the Traeger. And I've been looking at Traegers for oh, yeah. months because yeah. I had a pit boss smoker and I fucking destroyed the thing. You want to know how? I was letting it cool down that it started to rain and the pellets fucking got wet in the oh. hopper and fucked everything. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, yeah, I've heard, I have heard of, of issues like that. Dude, that's fucking rough. That sucks. Uh, let's see. What's, what do we have here from Joey Hagel? You don't have to sell out, sell out to private equity firm though. Just because orders are high happens all the time. Figure out how to grow without selling out. Also, thanks for trying out and reviewing my buzz bait. Oh, it's Joey at Crocagator. Nice, man. I love it. Joey, you know, that's the thing. You don't have to sell out. It's it's the tempting, it's the temptation of shit. You know, I've got, you know, somebody who's who's not a seasoned business in person getting into this for the first time and then having a number wave over their, over their head that they're like, I could never imagine this. Of course I'm going to sell it. It's crazy. You know, Joey's a female. I love it. I love it. Oh, you know what? I feel like I saw you on somebody's YouTube video talking about Crocagator. I feel like I did. I don't know. Maybe I, although it's getting late and I'm a dumbass. Uh, Metal Jones says Joey is the best. Yes, definitely uh, makes a, a quality buzz bait. That's getting back to, down to the point, though. It, it's 100% true. You don't have to sell it, but that temptation is tough. And I think that if there's one thing that folks need to think about when it comes to. You know, maybe there needs to be more community in the small bank, you know, market and folks need to realize, hey, if we band together versus fighting one another over whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, they would love, corporations would love to see you guys argue and get frustrated and say, fine, I'm going to take that check for $5 million or $10 million or whatever it is, whatever, whatever the price is that you're willing to sell for that they want, you know, that might be just one of those things. This coming in from Pat Martin Joe. Just realized Thanksgiving went by and we didn't get the final turkey update, if you know what I mean. All my turkeys are still living. All of them. <laughs> we did not. 
Yeah, they, they're they're all good to go. I got six of them. I got three Toms, three hens. They are living their best life. They are they are friends now, not food. Yeah, they're friends, not food. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I want to say a big shout out and a thank you to everybody who is involved with the uh, the the recording of this podcast today. You guys are amazing. We appreciate you way, way, way beyond belief. You guys can't even understand that. Um, to everybody who's been checking us out on Facebook on this this live, this is not something we do all the time, but if you're interested in checking out the recording of this show live on a regular basis, you can become one of our patrons. It's something that we offer to our patrons. They get uh, an unlisted YouTube link to be able to share uh, or to be able to engage with us as we talk about whatever the topics are on the show. This was a little bit heavier of a show, I think, than I we even really intended for it to be going into it, but I think it's a really good conversation. Conversation. I also want to thank Ben for putting out that video and getting the conversation started. Um, sometimes a little something like that, it, that's just the way it needs to be. It, somebody has to get the, the conversation started so that it can ultimately end up and go somewhere. There's plenty of room for everybody that's in business. You know, you don't have to compete with everybody. You don't have to take everybody down. There's plenty of work out there, guys. Go ahead and get that uh, all set. Um, we appreciate you so much, uh, Jigs and Bigs listeners. As always, if you have a moment and you can review us over on Apple Podcasts, highly, highly, highly would appreciate if you did. It helps us grow immensely, gives us a whole lot of information or gives us a whole lot of uh, uh, upward mo mobility with the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts. It lets us get discovered. So it's a big, big deal. If you had any fun with this show and you know anybody who might enjoy it, share some of our stuff. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm going to try and do more and more stuff over there as well. Everything is at Jigs and Bigs. Guys, we appreciate you so much. You're absolutely fantastic. Fellas, do you have any last words that you want to kind of wrap this up with? I'm hungry. Oh, I didn't eat dinner. Me too. I'm, this, I'm feeling the same way. I realize I'm like, holy crap! It's after nine o'clock. You guys, oh, no, just thank thank you to everybody. Yeah. Um, I appreciate everyone engaging from Facebook and YouTube. Uh, it was awesome. It was great show, and uh, yeah, I think I think we have. Um, I think we're going to have to follow up on this with some of the small businesses. I think that'd be a real good idea. That is awesome, man. I think this is fantastic. Appreciate you guys. You're absolutely amazing. We will talk more uh, about this in the future. And I'm serious. We are going to be reaching out to some uh, local bait makers to talk, kind of revisit this and, and get some of their, their feedback and, and see what's going on. But uh, hey, have yourselves a great one, everybody. Like we always say, it's an ass smoke. <laughs>